Hey everyone, today is Thursday the 11th of June 2020. This is The Gap episode 520. I'm Luke Laurie. Job Gura is here and uh, exciting news this week, Job. The basketball is officially coming back. Less exciting news. The beard has disappeared. <laughs> the beard has disappeared. Um, we've, we've, I guess, starting, I just talked about this last week, we're starting to open up mm. um, for, for lockdown. And so they've got these like phases in, uh, in California, at least, because each state is kind of doing their own thing because apparently the federal government over here doesn't want any bar of it. Mm. Um, so California has uh, this, or at least San Francisco as well, has a phased rollout system. And so they're hoping at the moment to have everything sort of i wouldn't call it back to normal um but back to where like people can start going out and that sort of thing uh, around about mid-august is sort of the plan at this stage so um but this week or, or the end of last last week was when they started to open things up a bit more um so yeah over the next couple of months things will be opening up a little bit and so that was time to actually get rid of the beard now that i can uh, go outside properly. Um, yep. Still can't get a haircut. Haircuts, uh, I think, in a couple of months um, at an actual salon. Like, you could get someone to come out and do it, I think. Right. But, yeah. Um, so, the beard, yes, the beard has gone. It's it's completely gone. Back to stubble. Disappointing. <laughs> the beard was fantastic. Yep. Um, but, yes, the basketball uh, is coming back uh, yep. and uh, in a limited form uh which honestly i'm about I think it's better than nothing oh, yeah good. it's a good format like they got they're doing like 22 teams which is not all of the teams but it's pretty close um considering when they ended the season or they didn't end the season they postponed the season there was still uh what was it like 20 games left in the season to go yeah um so what they're doing is like they've kind of worked out some sort of formula to be like, all right, we'll grab 13 teams from this conference, the the West, and then nine teams from the East, and then the top like eight teams will then go on to you know a, a regular playoff tournament. Um, but there's more teams in one side because the 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 teams are closer to each other in terms of wins and losses. Yeah. Um. So they're trying to actually get the, like the proper. Uh, seating sorted out so yeah there was obviously a bit of back and forwards and uh i guess some teams are gonna be upset because uh there was obviously like a regular season play uh, a schedule mm. is formatted in a way that some teams will play easier teams early on in the year and towards the end once things have trickled out you've got some teams that have a harder uh playoff run because they're playing harder uh, or, or more better teams, basically. Yeah. And so there was a lot of discussion about that, and they seem to have done a pretty good job because the vote went through uh, bar one team. <laughs> like, and who was the one, one team? team like the fucking... It. it was the Pistons. It was Portland. Or, oh, Portland, right, yeah. Yeah. Fucking... I think it was Portland. Yeah. Um, uh, everyone was assuming it was going to be the Knicks. Because, <laughs> right, you know... <laughs> The Knicks management is as bad as the team itself. Um, But, yeah, no, it wasn't that. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's cool. I mean, I'm I'm excited for it to come back. Uh, Obviously, as as, as, as everyone stays safe and stuff, uh, I don't want people to fucking 
put themselves in harm's way just for my entertainment, but I am excited to see fucking basketball again. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting... Uh, it's just a generally interesting time. Football's coming back here in Australia as well. Um, yeah. Even, even, yeah. Like, it's just a, a very interesting period of yeah. time because... I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of people competing for the same eyeballs, and uh, yeah, yeah, it might like I think people might reevaluate what they watch. You know, uh, like they like if people found previously that they had the opportunity to sort of stagger what they were watching, hmm. uh, this glut of sports might encourage them to, you know, wean some of the less important ones out. All I'm saying, what I'm saying is baseball should die. Baseball is the worst sport on the planet, except for, of course, televised golf, uh, which shouldn't exist. Um, Okay. But yeah, for some reason, baseball still continues to get eyeballs and I just don't fucking get it. It is... Awful. It is a game that is so bad that people take fucking spreadsheets with them to games to track stats. And I just, I cannot believe, I I just can't believe people are into that shit. I think it's more exciting than cricket. Test cricket, maybe. Yes. One days, no chance. 2020s, not a fucking chance. Yeah. Uh, But the ones where they, because they're actually trying to hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. Test cricket. Test cricket can fuck itself. I don't. That's not even a sport. That's uh, it's competitive. Yeah. Six days standing. later of playing, it's a draw. You're like, what? What the fuck is it a draw? <laughs> Shut up. It's a great sport. Uh, um, but one thing I wanted to talk about uh, was you mentioned the football's coming back, and I saw a, a news story that Steve Farrelly linked to. I don't, I, I'm not being up to date with this, but apparently you can pay to have your photo or a photo in the stands. Is that correct? What? I didn't see this. Right. I, I don't know how true it is, but um, there's a there was a news article of uh, the crowd, and they've got like cardboard cutouts, right, mm. of the crowd. And apparently, someone had like a, a famous serial killer or some sort of serial killer. Like sitting in the crowd, like they paid, <laughs> they paid money to get this on there. That is amazing. Um, so there's like pictures of people's dogs and that sort of stuff. Right. I don't know how accurate. Um, at least the Reddit post I saw in relation to how much you could pay to to get this thing, but there's definitely news articles about <laughs> some of these photos appearing. Um, and so what I wanted to say is that I saw another news story talking about the NBA, and they're they're one of the things they were discussing was how they're going to handle um, the crowd situation. Obviously, there aren't, there isn't going to be a crowd. They're, they're having like limited um, attendance at these this resort. So they're going into lockdown in Disneyland or Disney yeah. World yeah. in Orlando, where these 22 teams will play uh, across a three-month period. And uh, so there's going to be no attendance, no crowd. And one of the things they were discussing was sh- they might get the help of NBA 2K and get the crowd noises fed into the the actual like broadcast <laughs> so like the commentators will be able to hear it and you you sitting at home will be able to hear crowd noise and that is possibly going to be taken from 
the game because um, obviously the game has uh, crowd noise and they've gone to each stadium and like recorded what crowd sounds like what the um what the like the vibe of it is like the music they play during the games and the sounds and things like that and so that's an interesting sort of um you know solution i guess because we've never really had they're definitely uh, experimenting like worldwide with like piping in crowd noises i'm surprised that they go to nba for that but i guess it's it makes sense right hmm yeah, um, I know there's some. There's been some players that have not really wanted it, but yeah. it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like th- they need to do maybe something because otherwise it's going to be so quiet you're going to be able to hear these players, and some of the things that are coming out of their mouths is probably something uh, you're not going to want on TV for three hours <laughs> straight, <laughs> like them swearing at each other and things like that, um, calling each other names. Yep. Unless they go down the path of being like, you can't say these things. But even then, are they going to say, are they going to do it? Probably not. So um, I think they're looking at interesting solutions and just uh, working with a video game company to sort of resolve that is an interesting thought. I don't know if it'll work. Um, I think there's more interesting or better things they need to, to sort out, like what happens when a player, uh, if a player is diagnosed because they're going to be treated or, or sorry not treated they're going to be tested yep. every basically every day yeah um you know what happens then and what happens if there is an outbreak in this self-contained thing what does that look like yeah um and how does that affect team's chances what if the number one team uh you know what if the box end up with four players being tested positive what what then yeah it's i don't know it's going to be really interesting to watch this uh, unfold yeah, um, and then I also got like a survey today sent to me from the NBA, being like, "Hey, uh, here's a here's kind of what we're thinking of doing, or not not even what we're thinking, but what do you think about these sort of proposed solutions? Um, things like uh, limited menu items at stadiums, because um, I've been to a bunch of games, hmm. um, and so they're looking at like what they can do at venues. Do you want on-site uh, testing? Do you want on-site treatment?" Um, should everybody be wearing masks? Uh, what type of, um, you know, rank these from one to five on what is most important for you? Like, do you want to, um, have apps to order your food or do you want to stand in line? Uh, you know, stuff like that. So they're definitely thinking of ways to, to do this stuff. Cause it's going to be another, probably another year like this, at least, um, that's if they can find a cure or a treatment. So yeah, I don't know. Just interesting times that we're starting to get back into the swing of things and just seeing that sports story about the nrl um and how they're sort of handling things back in australia for for crowds like i think it'd be pretty cool if they did something for the basketball like that thing where they just donated a bunch of money yep um to you know have your face in the crowd yeah and we'll donate uh 50 bucks or i don't know whatever it is to testing or employees wages for people that are being affected or something like i don't know um yeah interesting ways to think the billionaires who own the teams can probably you know cover the employees who's who've been affected (laughs) you would expect uh i just want to go back to this fucking serial killer in the fucking crowd so you were paying 22 bucks to have your your photo in the crowd and the guy Mm. they put in the in the crowd was harold shipman who was a um 
British doctor who is the most prolific serial killer in uh, recorded history. Uh, <laughs> right. Between 215 and 265 plus victims. Mm. Jesus Christ. Most of them yeah. elderly women. What a fucking... How fucking crazy is that? That's fucking bananas. I saw a clip of uh, South Korea, South Korean baseball. The only good thing to come out of baseball, uh, instead of, you know, getting photos of serial killers in the crowd, they uh, filled mm. the stands with um, stuffed animals. Which, uh, oh, yeah, I saw this, yeah. Pretty pretty entertaining. Pretty good idea. Uh, I think it worked pretty well. Um, but, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, like... It's it's cool. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I think with sports coming back the way it is, uh, yeah, it's cool they sent you a survey though. Uh, I just, I don't yeah, <laughs> it was it was like, what have you been doing? Like, how many games do you normally go to? How many uh, how many uh, events do you watch at home? Like basketball games? Do you um, what are you doing with the free time now that you're not watching basketball or like and it's got like video games in one of them so like you know um but yeah they're definitely looking at ways that they can bring this stuff back um like i don't think we have crowds or audiences for a while Mm. or if they do it's going to be very uh limited next season because they're they're starting back up in december um december 1st i think was the date not christmas day which was the rumor so yeah i don't know it's going to be interesting to see how they bring it all back and yeah. You know, if they bring it back cuz it's, you know, things are not exactly getting better here. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting worse. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, should we do some video games? Video a games. Let's a lot. Let's start with real briefly Minecraft Dungeons. Yep. Yeah, are you back in? No, I went back. I, I we should have talked about it last week. I forgot to put it on the fucking list. But uh, I went back um after we'd finished talking about it last week and uh played through um adventure a little bit the the second difficulty just to give it like a bit more of a a shake uh and i ran into a secret level and i went looking i I looked it up and uh it seems like every level has a secret level and all of these secret levels have uh, these runes that you can find. And though, if you find all those runes, uh, if you go on our Discord, um, see Racy chucked a, a video up of uh, there's a, a secret cow level, which is obviously a mm-hmm. Diablo classic. Um, so I, I, I guess I just wanted to, like, you know, I think we were, we were definitely quite harsh on Minecraft Dungeons, but, uh, you know, for its shallowness, uh i do still think it's quite shallow i mean at the end of the day uh the the primary currency is used only for gacha style fucking loot acquisition which i think is too naked a concept too naked a uh a rendition of the of of the loot based concept uh for mm-hmm. a game aimed at fucking six-year-olds like i just it's in my mind, it is too directly linked to gambling. I mean, there's there's no question that Gacha is, in my opinion, game uh, gambling. You know, uh, it's 
it's this heinous like it's it's even regulated to some extent as such in japan the year you know where it's originated that is basically poking machines so i, I do right. have like i've got you know personal moral issues with the way it is tied to the only source of depth or one of the only sources of depth in Minecraft Dungeons. But I do think I just wanted to walk back. Uh, it, it was it was not as shallow as, as uh, I thought it was. Uh, I think it was right. still a shallower game than Maneater. Um, yeah. Certainly shorter uh in terms of being able to capture my attention but uh yeah like you know with extra levels secret levels uh, you know very quite hidden levels um i do think that there is more to it than and uh racy pointed out that you unlock a brand new bunch of enchantments as you play through as well which i did manage to get to and um that does broaden uh the the play style like your play styles a little bit you go from sort of just using the same i i i think in my first like in my initial run like from start to finish um even playing on too hard a difficulty uh i i stuck with one of those fucking i I think i had the fucking firework that i picked up in like the second level or something all the way through Mm. because even being kind of shit with the upgrades I had on my bow, it was still a huge DPS bomb. And I never found another fucking firework until extremely late. Uh, I think maybe when I started Adventure or like literally the the, the reward I got for finishing the fucking main playthrough. Um, so yeah, because I never had, you know, another firework. Uh, I just never fucking replaced the thing. So... Yeah, like it, that was that sort of led to the shallowness. But yeah, w- once you mm. do unlock more enchantments, it does broaden out a little bit. Uh, I didn't go all the way through to Apocalypse difficulty or whatever it's called, uh, but I have a feeling like there might be more enchantments hidden there as well. Uh, if that's the right. case, you know there is there is depth, and I think I just think you know I just wanted to clarify that I think we were a bit harsh on it. Um, and no, like I don't know why you hide all of that, like gameplay yeah. behind this like secret levels, like half of the game. Yeah. It, how long did it take us to finish? Not even uh, somewhere between two to three hours. Yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. Um. But why are you then hiding fifty percent of your content behind secret levels that a lot of people probably aren't going to find unless they're actually spending the time to go and look for this stuff? It's just such a weird approach to design. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I'm like, I, I totally agree. I think I that's what I said uh, uh, to Racy about it. But um, yeah, I just I, I just wanted to clarify. At the end of the day, you know, mm. uh, yeah, there there is a little bit more to it. So uh, maybe if you are playing with your kids or whatever, don't give it up on it immediately. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I just wanted to give it a fair shake. Of the, uh, I don't know, source bottle to borrow a, yeah. a terrible fucking phrase. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that. Minecraft Dungeons. Moving on. Cool. What else we got? Uh, I don't know. What to talk about? 
Zombie Night Terror. Yep. It's a mobile game um, that is basically a zombie-themed Lemmings. Uh, so you're sort of controlling these these zombies. Uh, you've got these <coughs> levels you need to traverse. Uh, so you, they, like the zombies themselves, like lemmings, just sort of will move uh, autonomously. Uh, but they're, they're very limited in what they're capable of. They'll just sort of move forward, right? And when they hit a wall, they'll turn back and move back in the other direction. And uh, it's your job to sort of create uh, the mechanism that will lead to them solving a level. It's, uh, you know, like Lemmings, it's a puzzle game. Uh, Yeah, it's just a a zombie-themed twist on the concept. So you've got stuff like uh, you can infect people uh, or you can make the zombies jump or you can make them explode and you've got to combine all these abilities and it sort of trickles out these, these abilities and there's like a cost for using them. Um, obviously, you know, exploding a, a zombie costs you the zombie plus. Uh, there's this DNA system where you can, you know, you get DNA, zombie DNA for, by creating zombies or by specifically burning them out and you've got to sort of balance your that that economy against your abilities and then create yeah this essentially you know like lemmings a rude goldberg machine uh that leads to solving the puzzle in this case generally the murder of every human inside the level and the trick of it comes in when i guess you you encounter these like you know these enemies that are capable of hurting you so you got you know enemies with shotguns and guns and uh, swords and stuff, and uh, you've got to work out specific ways to get them. And it might be you know earlier levels, it's as simple as infecting them. You know you can tap anywhere on the level and infect someone, and that's the easiest way to get rid of someone with a fucking shotgun. Uh, but if they're standing in front of someone with a gun, they'll die. So you might be better off infecting the person with the gun first. And letting them get the person with the shotgun and it sort of spreads that way and you've got to you know do that sort of linking stuff on your own um later on you know you've you're creating opportunities for your zombies to jump and uh like leap over sword attacks and stuff like that and uh because ultimately like you can set things up you can set up certain zombies to throw other zombies and they'll They'll just sort of do that every single time. They'll throw every zombie that comes along, uh, like move <clears> past <throat> them. So you can set that up and, and it's sort of fire and forget because at the end of the day, you only have an immediate impact on a single like entity in any one level at any time. So you can't make, unless you have a thrower zombie, you can't make every single fucking zombie jump over a fucking ledge so you've got to decide do you want everyone to jump over a ledge or do you want just one to jump over a ledge and if you want all of them you've got to set up the thrower if you want just one you jump them and uh yeah there's there's that sort of mechanical skill that i think maybe makes it a little bit difficult i think it's on pc as i'm playing on phone it's Uh, on pc yeah right it's i think it will probably be a significantly easier game on uh on PC compared to 
uh, phone. But that said, like it's it's it still works quite well. Uh, it's significantly cheaper on phone, which is good. Um, it's like eighteen fifty on PC. On it's on Steam. Um, yeah, like. On phone, it, there, there are just some scenarios where you're like, the the levels are quite big, and it takes some doing. Like, you're you're dragging the screen with you, like you're dragging your finger across your fucking phone over and over and over again just to get to from one side to the other. So you've got some idea mm-hmm. of how the fucking level works. And so there there are multiple levels to like multiple stages to working out how a fucking level functions. Uh, before you even begin to attempt to solve it, like you, you will do you'll do the fucking swipe all the way across the level, and then swipe all the way back, and by that time, the only zombie you've got in that level has fallen down a pit and died, and so you have to start mm-hmm. over again. So then you've got to fucking work out how to keep that motherfucker alive while you are trying to work out all the the little things you need to do, and the way that yeah. Uh, like each level has like special objectives and a way that a lot of those special objectives are created is that you need to have made the correct moves from fucking the first moment. And so it's not something that you can sort of work out on the fly. Like you can sort of brute force work some of the levels out on the fly, uh, especially early on in the game. But as it continues, as it like, as it grows in complexity, you wind up in a situation where, yeah, you really have to, just let zombies die while you attempt to work out the the many moving parts in each level hmm. which is quite satisfying but very difficult on a phone and it's sort of uh like in the earlier levels when it's you're not paying all that much attention or you don't have to pay as much attention it's uh a good phone game uh and then when it ramps up in complexity and the limitations of the phone lead to situations where you need to concentrate a lot it turns into something that i think is a quite a satisfying game to play but not a good phone game you know because what what i want from a phone game is something that i don't have to you know I, i can pay as much attention to the phone game as i am to i don't know crunching out a poop or watching futurama or something like that right uh, and the moment I am paying significant amount of t- attention to the phone yeah, game, hundred percent, yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's suddenly uh, holy shit. Uh, I think my audacity just crashed. Anyway, the if you just notice the stark difference in the sound quality, uh, I don't know, something just happened to our recording. Um, you'll f- uh, anyway. So, yeah, we've got to back up. <laughs> yes um anyway so uh yeah it's it's one of those situations where uh yeah i i i really enjoy it but i worry that it's not great for what i want out of a phone game i'll probably continue to play it until i find another phone game but yeah that's the that's the trick with i mean can you imagine i can't it must be so difficult to create a fucking mobile game or a game on mobile when you know fucking the world's greatest game reviewer is sitting there being all like, you know, I just have to pay too much attention to this game. Yeah. Oh, I don't like. Can it you not so just much. let me give you five bucks so I can completely level? Like, just <laughs> let me buy the win on the level. It's too hard. Yep. 
Um, but yeah. Is there any like uh, progression in terms of, I don't know, whether it's some sort of currency or experience where you get to the next level and you're sort of unlocking more things or is it purely just a puzzle game where it's like, here's a new type of uh, enemy or not enemy, but like uh, thing zombie you can use and that's it. This is how you solve it and that sort of thing. There is a mutation system that's... I can't for the life of me work out. I think it has a really right. like it has a really bad UI. Like honestly, it has a mm. terrible UI. Most of the stuff in the game, uh, like it's just a row of buttons down the bottom of the screen, and to work out what any of these things do. I mean, there is a, a mild amount of tutorialization, but it doesn't like right. you just sort of got to guess. It'll be like uh, you basically just have to do it and see what happens. You, it like you know the icon looks like it might be an explosion, but it, there's also another icon that is a f- a flame. So w- one of those might be the explosion, and the icon for the dude who forces zombies to turn around is just like this hunchback guy. And yeah, to find out what the hunchback guy does, you're going to just got to fucking click on it and make someone a hunchback and like trial and error. Like I just don't, uh, there's not a lot of information in the game about how stuff works. So there is, there Mm. is a mutation screen that I've seen a couple of times, but I can't fucking mouse over anything to find out more information. So I'm not sure if I'm playing without any of the mutations that I should have unlocked or if, I haven't unlocked any or if you don't unlock them or what the fuck any of that does uh so yeah it's very difficult to to tell I, like i presume you don't need mutations uh but yeah like they exist i just don't understand what they do mm. yeah fair enough yeah anyway anyway um all right uh i might talk quickly about some of the stuff i've been checking out do it i'm gonna go back to you uh played a little bit of elder scrolls online um so the new expansion just came out recently right uh and you've done a bit of coverage on it i believe yep. for some sites yes um so i got a code for this but i haven't actually checked out any of the new content i'm playing <laughs> i've once again started from scratch yep. on character sure. uh i think i've this is my third character now yeah um and they're not very high levels i think one of them is like level 15 the other one is like level six or seven oh. and then this one i'm playing now is is fairly new um but i think the last time i talked about this was sometime last year like january last year it might have been and uh the starting area again is very different so what i played back then and i don't know if that's just because each starting area of each um like faction is different but yeah so yeah i'm I'm in it with the beginning of graymore they introduced a brand new starting area they that's that's what they like that's their plan is every single time they do a new big expansion they want a new starting area to give players an opportunity to experience from the get-go but obviously there are entry paths for every single region uh so that you can you know work out what to do in an area like if you've been playing forever and you've got a billion fucking champion points or whatever but yeah so you you have technically been playing the new content uh yeah in in graymore right because when i fired it up i got to you finish the tutorial area and then you go to the next bit 
and I'm like, is is this Skyrim? Like, am I in Skyrim right now? Mm. It's like there's things I've seen in the locations that I'm like, why does that look familiar? Um, yeah, and it's just really weird because I'm like, I think, isn't this well, supposed to be? Because I had a f- in Greymore, you start Skyrim- like fucking around the corner from Solitude, right? Like, don't you like is is well, it's not it's not the Solitude you go to necessarily in Skyrim, but like it's a thousand yeah. years previous. But it's that rock formation. There's, of, there's a fucking that. Yeah, there's a lot of it that is very similar, the Blue Palace and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I was very confused because um, I knew this had some sort of tie-in to the Skyrim content, but or the areas that you find in Skyrim. Mm. Um, but to be like starting there and being like, oh, okay, I don't know. <laughs> this is all right. We're just starting there. Cool. Um, but anyway... I uh so I played a couple hours of that. Um yeah, that game's really good still. Like mm. I I think it's interesting that we've gone down this path of uh like a freedom like nobody could really take on World of Warcraft. And so everybody's kind of been like, well, let's move our content to free to play. Yeah. And we'll have our premium based subscription where you can buy um I don't know, whether it's like bag space or things like that um so yeah i don't like for i feel like people that haven't checked out elder scrolls online definitely should if you're a fan of skyrim because it does a lot of good skyrim or elder scrolls stuff yeah Uh, i never played any of the other elder scrolls games other than skyrim so um i can't talk much to it there but yeah like i'm playing it in first person feels like a skyrim game to me you just kind of i'm using my um a dark elf abilities uh where i'm using a sword and using magic and it just feels really good like it it feels uh like it's running like a first person game as opposed to a third person rpg which is weird i don't know how that'll change going forward like as i progress if it'll be more um more in line with like a, a star trek online or a star wars yield republic or uh, world of warcraft but at the moment it doesn't feel like um a multiplayer mmo like a rpg to me it still feels like a first person skyrim game so yeah uh is, has that sort of been your experience with it or is it there are you playing in third person or i switch between the two depending on the scenario but uh like there are only there are only a few specific situations where you need to like need multiplayer to really do anything like you won't you yeah if you run across a fucking harrow storm although you know you probably don't want to run into a harrow storm with your little fucking bambino level five character um Hmm. but if you were to do that um you'd get fucking walloped solo uh unless you were like unbelievably good at the game like Mm. i I do not think i don't think you can solo i think i think there were i vaguely remember while i was looking at it like looking it up there were people who were like two manning the dragons from elsewhere but like yeah Yeah. uh i don't think you could even solo dragons so i doubt you'd be able to solo harrow storms because harrow storms are, are basically the dragons of the skyrim content because uh, they couldn't do dragons because they you know it's in the fucking it's in, part of the main plot of fucking skyrim is that the dragons there are no fucking dragons in skyrim um yeah 
So but now they're on. Boom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you won't run into dragons, but you got these Harry storms. You need other people for that, uh, basically. Um, mm. And you know, obviously, you've got the the I can't remember what they're called in fucking the trials and uh, fucking dungeons. You got you got dungeons and shit that you won't be able to solo. Uh, but by yeah. and large, um, Delstros Online is a game you can play solo, uh, like for days. You can just yeah. I, I just wish there solo. was an option though to to be like I want to play solo. Like I don't want to see other players. <laughs> I know it's in a it's an MMO, right? <laughs> but at times i just want to what what are other players doing that detracts from your experience exactly well so i was literally doing the tutorial area yeah. and there was another player doing the tutorial at the same time i don't know why 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 would you be doing that um and so we, <laughs> we were mean? running the what tutorial at the why same time why would you be doing that why would you be doing that? Why were you doing it? He could have waited fucking five minutes later and then done the tutorial. How Why the fuck do I does have he to be there? <laughs> he's, he's probably <laughs> sitting there in um, his dumb podcast complaining about the same shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so we were running this dungeon and then I'd kill something and he'd run forward yeah. and then kill something. And I'd, like, we were splitting off. We meet up and then, like, I want, I want to be killing these things. But every time I get there, like, he's killed something. And then so he aggroes one thing and then I run past him and fight the next thing i don't want him in there or she, you know, like yeah, let me just kill my own thing that's objectively a better experience what the fuck are you talking about i'm not getting less experience though oh like, it I, doesn't less it's, leveling. it is like it. fucking i'm getting one less drop in the fucking <laughs> ocean like absolutely yeah. inconsequential um uh, anyway i guess as odd as your complaints are they're like i guess they make sense like i think they've worked very hard to make it so that you can play on your own entirely but sadly you will always have to put up with other people uh yeah existing in the world fucking you're not ready well, you're not ready for san francisco to come out of lockdown are you you're like fucking <laughs> Things are pretty fucking sweet. And now there's other cunts around. This is shit. Wow. So wow had that problem back in the days where you, you, you know, you'd have to go and whatever it was, kill 20 of these things and you'd get there and there's some other high level bastard that's killed everything. And you've got to stand there and wait. Yeah. Um, They're not fixing that by having really quick respawn timers, uh, especially on like the bosses Mm. where they'll come back in like 30 seconds as opposed to minutes used to be. Yeah. Um, but then they also changed things up where you could just have like a toggle, be like, I want to do PV or I just want to um, do the PVP because they used they had split servers at at, uh, at a stage, but now it's just like a thing. Warm Everybody's mode. on the same yeah. server. If you want to play one way, then you do that. Um, and I don't know if uh, Elder Scrolls Online, because I haven't looked into it yet, has like a PVE slash PVP button or anything like that. Because I, I just kind of want to play. I don't want to do the PVP stuff uh, at all. I'm not really interested in that. I'm not going to go ganking people. Or I haven't yeah. looked into it even a little bit because uh, everything I read was that PVP was utterly useless from Australia. Yeah. Uh, apparently, like, ping, like, has a huge impact uh, right. on it. So uh, I just... I 
just haven't even looked into it, but I presume I'm playing with a PVE flag turned on or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't, I think it is opt-in PVP uh, or maybe sure. even specific zones only for PVP and not main path stuff. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I've been, yeah, thinking I haven't gotten into, I haven't gotten to play Greymore yet since it launched. I played it only pre-launch, okay. uh, but I have been very close to jumping in. There are a bunch of storylines that I really want to check out, like to, to get to the bottom of the vampire stuff and the, um, the castle in Blackreach. Uh, the Vampire Castle in Blackreach. I really want to explore that and all that kind of stuff. So I'll uh, I'll jump in and, and give that a squeeze. What low are you? Oh, uh, not high, like seven or eight, something like that. Yeah, all right. We'll probably play together. I mean, the, the good thing is it scales all mobs at all times in every zone. So, like, ostensibly, yeah. with the exception of the fucking trials and dungeons... Like you could, you can go fucking anywhere and do any quest, which is mm. very cool. Um, but yeah, uh, and and we could party up despite being disparate la- levels, and it wouldn't matter either. Like we'd have, like, neither of us would notice, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, because we when we were playing. Uh, in the preview build, I had a character who was a half, halfway to cap, uh, mm-hmm. and um, some of the other players had full cap, and we like it. It literally didn't matter. Um, it was good. Yeah, it's a good game. Like they, they've really, like for Elder Scrolls fans, they've really fucking nailed the idea. Yeah, they've got a really fucking good idea, and they killed it. So yeah, I'm definitely yeah. keen to check it out. Again. My my one sort of bigger criticism is that I do not like the HUD. Oh, um, oh me no, yeah, me, like me too. Man. Everything is black and white, and you're like, "What's my objective?" I <laughs> know oh, is it the the black one I'm going to, or is it the white one? And I sit on the menu, the map sometimes, and I click on things. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. Like I can't actually see it. Yeah, I can't see it. Everything's black and white. You, you it's, um, like it's a nightmare. Legit fucking. Fix it with add-ons. Add-on, like yeah. that was the that was the, the worst thing about playing the fucking test uh, build of that game was that I had spent all that time getting add-ons together so that I could enjoy fucking Elder Scrolls Online without wanting to fucking rip my eyeballs out like Sam Neill on the Event Horizon, and uh, then I had to go and none of the fucking add-ons working on the fucking test server. I'm like, for fuck's sake. We're back to this shit. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, truly one of the greatest burdens any man has ever carried, obviously. But uh, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, cool. Cool. Um, the other game I've been playing is Polybridge 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I got a code for this. Um, did you ever play the original game at all, Polybridge? Yeah, I, I didn't love it, if I'm being honest. I remember mm. you spoke about it quite a bit, or maybe Jung too? Jung one? I played it once, yeah. I maybe Jung spoke about it at length. Uh, but yep. I didn't love it. I didn't go fucking wild for it. Um, I played it a bit, 
like I, I guess I got it. I just, yeah, you know, it was it was kind of goofy, and I think that was part of the charm. But I just never found myself in the right headspace for that particular style of goofiness. Uh, yeah, but you've been playing the second. So the second one, Polybridge is a a bridge building simulator um, where you're, I guess, completing a series of puzzles and um, you're given materials and uh, and it's like an objective to complete. Sometimes it might be get this bike from one side of the the screen to the other and there'll be like a river in between. You're, you've got to build a bridge to try and get them there. You've only got a certain amount of money that you can use or a certain amount of resources uh, whether it's like uh, road or um, wood or uh, types of pillars. And um, you got to get this thing from one side to the other, complete the task in the allocated uh, budget. And that's what you do. Like a series, each puzzle is kind of a little bit differently. Sometimes they'll throw up um, different vehicles that are different weights. And so the, the bridge has to be set up structured differently in order to hold all the load. Otherwise things will just break and uh that's not good and so this one what it's um it's got a couple of different changes that they've put in um so the first one was released in 2016 this one has just come out about two weeks ago and uh, one of the first things that they i've noticed is that they've got a, like a better diagnostic tool system um so when your bridge actually breaks you can get a good idea of where it's breaking and uh like, oh, this is actually where the load is, is struggling or where the, the structure is kind of falling apart. Before, you kind of just have to have a really good, like a keen eye and know where this yeah. is happening. So now it like highlights pieces on the actual bridge and will show you like this is a breaking point. Um, and it does things like it'll show you on the, the structure, like the amount of load that it's taking uh, up to 100%. And so if it goes over that load, it's obviously going to break. Um, so yeah, better diagnostic tools. It's added in some new structural abilities, things like springs, um, which is uh, like dampens the load once an actual uh, like something is on the structure. So I can go- I do things like jumps. You could have like a ramp, uh, jump off a cliff, and have it land on the other side of this uh, level, and try not to break the bridge with the load. Like have it be a bit springy so that it can land. And then keep rolling. And, and so it'll throw in puzzles like, oh, you've only got $15,000 to try and make this bridge. You can't actually do it from one end to the other. So you've got to try and make a jump. And then use these springs to try and solve that problem. So that's in there. Uh, updated physics system. Uh, leaderboards, which are really cool. Uh, what I like about that is you can either see your friends' leaderboards, how they've performed, um, how other people in the world have like completed this mission or was this task it'll show you like their budget how much they used um but the other cool thing is like it shows you like three random people's uh how they completed it as soon like on the on the actual completion screen you can just be like oh i'll click on this person and it starts playing a video like instantly of how they've completed it and so it gives you a really good idea of how to solve these problems and for the most part, every time I watch one of these videos, they are completely different from the way that I've solved it. Oh, really? Whether it's okay. like using different, stru- like building materials, or they haven't, like they've found some weird glitchy bug thing where the physics have wonked out. Um, 
it's just like really interesting to see how other people have like solved the same problem that you have in a completely different way how broad Um, yeah and that's really cool because it means you start learning more about the game yeah um, and how you can do a lot of this stuff because that is probably my one big criticism about it is i do not like the way the game teaches you how to build stuff um starts off pretty early like with a decent tutorial like this is how you do stuff but a couple of levels in it kind of just forgets that and then you don't really know what you're doing it'll be like hey here's here's springs and it comes up with like a one sheet being like here's what springs do like on the text and it'll give you three lines of like this is what springs are for and it's just kind of like all right now use them and you don't really know how to use them um like where should you set them up on this this bridge or like how should they be set up so i spent like a good 20 30 minutes on this one level just getting absolutely nowhere because i'm like i do not understand where i should be doing these like where i should be putting the springs every time i seem to like put them somewhere the bridge just breaks automatically every time anything lands on this um structure and so you end up resorting to going on like youtube and looking at how other people have solved it and being like, oh, okay, like I kind of, that makes sense now. Um, So I did that like two or three times over the sort of 15 levels that I played so far. Um, So I think that's one area of improvement that they could sort of fix that because when you're playing a game like this, you kind of want to be shown how something works and then later on, get it make it so that's a little bit harder and harder as you progress whereas this just kind of shows you like here's a new tool and figure it out yourself and you're like all right well i guess i'd fuck around with this for half an hour and maybe i'll get it and maybe i won't it's um, that that thing about language that i spoke about a little while ago you know the idea of learning the language of a game and once you're fluent in the language yeah. you're able to really experiment and do things but yeah if all they do is teach you the fucking alphabet and then expect you to work it out from there you wind up in this situation where it's very difficult to feel confident enough to experiment Mm. yeah yeah um so that's probably my one biggest criticism about is i wish there's some better tutorials or like better hand holding for people that maybe aren't familiar with the first game or like i don't know if this stuff was in the first game and they've kind of just assumed that people like oh they'll know how well they can't because these springs are in new edition so yeah that that's it's just bad tutorial systems in there um and so having to look up how people are doing those solutions because uh like a tutorial like how do you do that and it just kind of seemed to be videos of people just figuring out for themselves like trying one thing and not working and then trying something else and oh that works so uh yeah i just wish that was a little bit better but otherwise i really like that there is a system in the game where you can finish a level and it just brings it straight up it's like hey you can watch replay of your level or here's Mm. three other people or you can click on the leaderboard and watch download their video um and it's not like it sits there and it takes a little bit of time to download you the screen comes up you just press play and off it goes um so i think that is really smart to show people like how they have solved that problem you you're talking about this uh was it zombie night terror yeah um game it'd be it'd be like that where you finish a level and then it's like hey do you want to see how someone else finished it or they completed like their puzzle yeah i like that idea of it'd be showing so you and, and 
Yeah, and it means that you can learn more about interesting ways that you didn't know you could do this stuff yeah. and possibly use that at a later time. So I think that stuff's really cool. Um, they've got a bunch of uh, like a workshop system in there now so you can create your own like campaigns, mm. which is really nice. Uh, and the other thing is Twitch integration support. So you can work with, if you're a streamer or you like watching streamers who play this game, you can work together to solve um these these puzzles so that stuff is really cool um like i don't know as someone who's not a poly bridge original sort of expert mm. i really don't know how it sort of compares to the two but there's definitely some interesting features that they've added into this game that sort of makes it um you know a bit better to use yeah but it's definitely a harder like a a hard puzzle game <laughs> you like you've got to sit there and put time into it and you know it's an you creating structures and architecture and putting the right pieces of planks and the right you know uh joints and making sure everything's going to be able to structurally be intact when you get from one side to the other but then there's this weird like people creating these crazy elaborate um like loop solutions to puzzles that yeah where shit or- i saw i saw one where it was like a fucking catapult basically <laughs> yeah where where like a bike rode onto this structure and it just flung them across and i'm like all right <laughs> fair <laughs> enough and that was like level three or something yeah. i'm like all right yeah okay that's that's awesome so i like seeing that sort of stuff it's really cool the type of things you can do with um you know this type of game mm. and it seems to have a really good community behind it there's a lot of people that are always uh playing it so yeah uh that one is polybridge 2 it's out now on steam and i believe ags 15 us at the moment as well yeah and ags cool um so yeah polybridge i'll probably keep playing it i've haven't spent a ton of time in it so far but uh it's kind of like my uh my was my podcast uh podcast game this week yeah fair (laughs) enough cool yep all right um let's do panoptic uh i spoke about this uh, a little while ago we played it um it's the game where one person is a vri and the other person is a little dude trying to go around and uh and i don't know destroy some crystals okay played a bit m- yep. more on the weekends uh and um yeah, I just, I just really, I think it's such a well executed uh, game. I like, I, there's obviously stuff I think it desperately needs, and it, it's early access, so I'm sure that will come. Uh, but yeah, like you know, the idea of that um, that asymmetrical uh, same room multiplayer, uh, I think, is something that VR you know, uh, could really benefit from because it's the sort of thing that will give people, uh, a, you know, an excuse to show it off. Um, so I, I had friends around and, uh, yeah, I was just like, they were like, oh, are there any cool VR games? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't want Half-Life Alex. There you go. I don't want to show you Half-Life Alex, the most disappointing game to ever fucking come out. But, um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't want to show you Half-Life Alex because it's a bit, um, 
you know, I think it's a, a broader experience. I guess I could just load up the Jeff level and let him go, but I think there's a little bit of... Take some time to get going. You have to, yeah, like, uh, and you know, you have to understand how movement and stuff works in that game. It's not as simple as, you know, I guess uh, Beat Saber, right? Where you yeah. just sort of fucking hit things. Uh, but Panoptic... Yeah, it's it just sort of makes sense. They worked it out real quick. Uh, it, you know, it was they started, and that was it. That's all they needed. Um, it worked. It's good. Uh, there's a lot of clever stuff that they, you know, the idea that you aim with your eye as opposed to aiming by shooting is like there's multiple layers to what that achieves. Um, when you aim with your like aim by looking minute like people's heads don't stay perfectly still all the time you know like we're not chickens we don't have fucking stabilizers in our heads so people like even if you're staring at something uh there'll be like tiny movements that uh over uh, a large enough distance um can create a significant amount of spread in your in your aiming so you're looking at something and if that's your main aim mechanism and you've only got one shot and there's a four second reload after that shot uh it can be like quite difficult to actually hit that shot so there's uh there's a little bit of complexity in it that makes you know being the eye like when you work out who the like little person is right as the eye it's it's not over for them there's a chance that you'll like there's a halfway decent chance that you'll miss and so because Mm. you miss you know a the fucking red laser zap uh that comes from the eye shooting at you just barely missing like over your shoulder that's like that's heart pounding in and of itself and then there's the you right. know the the fact that you know that they're onto you and uh, you got to fucking run and get to cover and try to hide again and like reassimilate. So there's all that kind of stuff. Plus, yeah, like you know, there's the panic from the fucking eye of trying to actually hit their fucking shots, and they know they've only probably got one more shot before the little person like gets to cover uh if they miss so you know they they miss that first shot and then they're waiting for the recharge and then they got to charge the gun and then they then they fire and there's you know that panic creates a little extra variance for some people and so yeah like it winds up being this extremely exciting thrilling experience um and extremely entertaining and then but like the other thing that that adds is like it's a game where you want to keep your fucking hands by your sides because if you lift if you were shooting like it was a gun you would be thrusting like you you'd be turning around with your fucking hands out uh and you you know you're in the same room as someone uh you'd hit mm. them in the fucking head uh I would be protected by this thing but like you might like if it was a hard enough fucking spin around you might be you might get fucking whacked in the head um and yeah so there's you know there's a lot of clever shit going on in that game um that makes it you know a very interesting experience but yeah anyway uh yeah that's about it i don't know you should check it out uh see what your wife thinks my wife really enjoys it um so i think she likes being Uh, the panoptic yeah she likes being the eye 
more than being the little yeah. person. I think, I think that you know, I guess it's very easy for for me to tell. Uh, as the eye, it's very easy for me to like moving is not natural for her. Uh, in a game like with a WASD, like and and for the friends, uh, like who for whom it, it's not natural, you know, my moving WASD is is fucking second nature. But for them, it, it takes some fucking doing because they're not used to, you know, playing games that way. They, you know, play on a controller and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So I think that that I don't know may change things it's easier like because as the eye what you're looking for is those uh anything out of the ordinary from from the little bots i think what like i, th- I think what would be really interesting is if panoptic were to model the little bot behavior on the movement of players like if it learned how players moved and then modeled its behavior based on that. So if it like, because one of the easiest ways to tell if a player is doing something is, is if you see a fucking, if the little dude strafe, because you almost never like very fucking rarely see the little dudes, the AI little dudes strafe. Right. They kind of just go on in the line. Exactly. They always go straight forward, but because there's no way to fucking look around, uh, without turning your head, often the only way to make forward momentum is to strafe while looking. If you want to see what the fucking eye is looking at at any one point in time, yeah, it's you fucking strafing while fucking looking at the fucking... And, like, if, yeah, if you happen to do it just as the fucking eye looks at you, you're like, well, I'm cooked. Uh, yeah, you, you're fucking boned. But if if there were some way to, like, if more of the AI strafed or if more of the AI did weird things like running for like i don't know two seconds or some shit uh to test out what the fucking shift button is and stuff like that which i definitely saw happen um yeah like i think it would be uh a, a, l- a little harder to definitively tell when players were, were playing and i think because of the nature of the game because of the party nature of the game it's probably one where you want as many different variant, like different types of AI movement as possible. Anyway, good stuff. Panoptic. Yeah, nice. Uh, I feel like the only thing that's sort of the negative aspect of that is that uh, it seems like an expensive game for what it is. Is it? At the moment. Is it? It's, it's like 15 US. 15 US seems like an expensive 17 game. US, yeah. Right, right. Didn't you try to argue that some fucking 40 game fucking shit was like fucking totally worth it the other fucking week? <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just just in comparison to some of the other games I've played, I feel like it's a tad expensive. Because it was only like three levels or something, right? Or have they added more? Star Trek Bridge Crew. How much was that? Oh, that was fucking 11 or some shit, damn it. I was so fucking... Yeah, I was, amazing. I was cheated totally off. I was fucking... I was ready to rock on that one. Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I don't know. Whatever the fuck. Um, 
anyway. Yeah, yeah there's only. Well, six I, I don't know what their um their sort of out their plan is going forward, but it's still yeah. in early access. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's a way to yeah. go. Yeah. Cool. Yes, cool. Uh, there hasn't been an update in a little while. Yeah, seems like six or seven months. They've taken their money and left. Four? Four months? Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, all right. Command & Conquer Remastered. Um, yeah. So this came out uh, last week and uh, has taken the world by storm. I think it's like, it's got fucking crazy. Tiberium Storm? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's ex- it seems extremely popular. It's getting like really good reviews and shit, uh, which I find quite interesting. Uh, mostly people are like extremely impressed by the f- how faithful it is a mm. rendition of the fucking original games. It's both Command and Conquer and Red Alert. Uh, it includes all of the, you know, the the FMV cutscenes and all that kind of stuff. The full campaign. Uh, it is a pure HD remaster, uh, like extremely pure. Uh, there aren't, they haven't done, there aren't quality of life improvements in this motherfucker. There's no like fucking, hey, we fixed all this shit that everyone fucking hated all the time. Uh, this is. Yeah straight up we may you can press the space bar and you can see for yourself that we made this game look way better uh and that's it and they made it work and they made it work yeah uh new multiplayer the new multiplayer stuff i'm assuming they've got in there uh like Um, not not I think it's just functioning multiplayer, you know, lobbies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but yeah. but they haven't impacted the gameplay at all. Like it is how it used to play, and yeah. uh, people are fucking about it. And I gotta be honest, I am not. And it's not. It's it's purely because it turns out, and this is exactly the same problem I had with fucking Age Empires. Everything I loved about the Commander Cocker games and Red Alert games was from fucking two. Is from the second game in the series, not the fucking first one. Uh, generally speaking, I didn't like the first one. Uh, generally speaking, first games in those series were a little bit shit. Like amazing, uh, a little bit shit. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, phenomenal uh, executions on an idea, uh, but uh, you know, we c- I always bring this up, but uh, you know, come back to the old uh, Seinfeld isn't funny concept where you know uh, everything that these games have done has now been done better everywhere else um, in Boneworks. Hey, in, in Boneworks. In, in, you Boneworks. Saw it in Boneworks first. That's that's what it was. You fucking turd. <laughs> um, yeah, every, everything you've seen done has been done better, but everything like it seems to be generally 
it's almost like back in the day, like sequels for games were just chance uh, a, a real good chance to expand on an idea. Uh, meanwhile, like sequels for games these days are these, you know, completely different fucking games. Like fucking, you go from uh, Wildlands to Breakpoint, and uh, I guess they're you know vaguely similar, but like significantly different in their execution. And uh, you know, every new Call of Duty, every year a new Call of Duty is a completely different fucking game by a different studio. And uh, I know Battlefield One to Battlefield Five, like very often, yeah, the the sequel is a wildly different concept. Uh, but back in the day, yeah, Command & Conquer to Command & Conquer 2, what they did was they took Command & Conquer and they fixed everything. You're talking about Red Alert, not, not Command & Conquer 2. I'm sorry? You're, you're talking about Command & Conquer and Red Alert, not, not Command & Conquer 2. No, I'm talking about Command & Conquer 2, Command & Conquer 2. Tiberian Sun? Yeah. Really? Like, it's still a better game. It's still... I played the fuck out of that game. Get the fuck out of here. We played the shit out of that game. If Command & Conquer... Red Alert or Tiberian Sun? I'm very confused because Red Alert is amazing. Red Alert 1 is not amazing. Red Alert 2 is amazing. This is, what, this is exactly what I'm fucking talking about. This is fucking talking about. Tiberian Sun is way better than Command & Conquer 1, right? And Red Alert 2 is way better than Red Alert 1, right? way better that's like the the entire point i'm making is that they took command and conquer and they made command and conquer 2 and they made it significantly better they significantly improved the concept right i don't want, i don't give a shit about how you feel about the f- concept of tiberium as a fucking f- function in the game right it is a better execution of what they were attempting to do in Command and Conquer, and I think a lot of people would argue that Command and Conquer was simply a better execution of what they were trying to do in Dune Two, but it's not really, you know, what I'm getting at here, right? Like, there is so many quality of life improvements between Command and Conquer, Command and Conquer Two, and Red Alert and Red Alert Two. Red Alert Two shits on Red Alert, shits on it. Right, but but, but does Red Alert Two shit on Tiberian Sun? Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Red Alert as a series shits on Command & Conquer, right? Like, the only reason people fondly remember the Command & Conquer series is Generals, obviously, and Red Alert, in my opinion, right? If Red Alert had never existed, Command & Conquer Generals wouldn't have been made, and if Command & Conquer Generals didn't get made, I reckon most of the people who look back fondly on Command & Conquer would not fucking remember the fucking thing. Um... Mm. That would remember, like... Yeah, I feel like I liked Red Alert series more than... 100%. Like, everyone did. It went stupid. It like, was goofy as It fun. took the cheesiness yeah. of Command & Conquer and was like, just turned it up. Kept kept cranking it. Exactly. Right? Like, it just got... It was not afraid to get goofy with it. And, yeah, uh, yeah Red Alert 2 is purely a better execution of the Red Alert concept. Um, but that's a... Played a bunch of games on the weekend with JB, Johnny Bravo, and Grey Squirrel. Um, we were playing Turtle Rules. Uh, yeah. I had a fucking... I had a clock on my phone to tell us um, when 10 minutes were up. And once 10 minutes were up, 
that's when you're allowed to attack and you weren't allowed to attack before then. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're playing on the biggest maps we could find. And uh, the last map we played... Um, <laughs> fucking... We, we went all random. I, I personally... You know, you could, like, click on a little button and you'd select a, a spot to go. I personally thought we should be selecting spots as far away as, like, from one another as possible. But, uh, no, that Squirrel and fucking JB insisted on doing full random. And uh, it yeah. bit them deep in the ass uh, because it dumped them right next to one another and put me... <laughs> yeah on the opposite side of the map. Uh, so I had free reign to nice. do whatever the fuck I wanted. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they fought. They, they like, full-blown blew up the truce. Uh, Johnny Bravo was, like... I think they were sharing uh, a ore harvester field. Hmm. Like, because, of, because they'd been dumped right next to each other, they were sharing the same ore harvesting field. Uh, I obviously had uh, access to about 17 different fucking ore harvesting fields uh, to myself, uh, but they were sharing the yeah. same one. And Johnny Bravo felt very strongly that he had entire, like, pure jurisdiction over this uh, ore harvesting field. Uh, and so uh, he felt he had the right to defend it at all costs, which... The rules of the truce. I think he broke the... I personally think he broke the rules of the truce. Uh, the 10-minute truce. Because he was attacking Squirrel's harvesters inside that ore. And his his argument was that he, he should be allowed to defend his uh, his ore. But I, I just don't agree. I just don't agree. If someone wants to, uh, you know, flout the rules of the turtle 10-minute uh, timer, mm. then uh, by sending harvesters at your ore... Fucking punish them later by bombing the fuck out of them first. Do not break the truce. Uh, that said, I did let it go because it worked pretty well for my own. Like uh, it, it was extremely beneficial uh, for wasting their resources while I was allowed to do whatever the fuck I wanted down the bottom of the fucking map. Um, anyway, Squirrel got wiped out pretty early. Uh, I had multiple bases. Uh, and, uh, then Johnny Bravo came marching down to me and the moment it all fell apart for me was when I sent my giant army to Johnny Bravo to, um, to wipe him out. And I think about, I think it was about three quarters of my giant army decided that they couldn't go over the bridge that was very close to Johnny Bravo they needed to go around because uh, the AI pathfinding in this game is dog shit. It is heinous. And they've done nothing, absolutely nothing to fix it. And like, yeah, like all, all the little things that were fucking me constantly, like fucking selecting everyone and then fucking right clicking somewhere to tell them to go somewhere and then remembering I have to fucking left click to make them go places because uh, they haven't, you know, they, they right click deselects for whatever reason because it's fucking, it's a 30 year old game, and blah, blah, blah. All that kind of little shit. That was okay and I was getting over it and it was sort of just age empires but this, this dicked me 
deep because I sent a quarter of my fucking army to their fucking deaths. It was a suicide mission. It, they just fucking streamed in and died. Uh -huh. And then, so after I did that, the other three quarters, the path to Johnny Bravo's army was a tank wide. So they literally streamed in to death. They literally streamed into death. Uh, they just died. Uh, like, I just watched them fucking die. And I, I couldn't do anything about them. Uh, I, I was just... I was just fucked. I couldn't, like... I'm sitting there... Microing... Uh, my fucking tits off. And in this situation, microing is... Yelling at the fucking monitor. Because none of these motherfuckers will do what I want them to. The, they split up, like, when they worked out, they could only go single file, and there was a fucking backlog of cunts sitting behind the fucking mountain. Half of them decided to go around the mountain. That fucked me even more. Like, they, cause I, like they drove basically to my other fucking base. I'm like, don't go there. Don't go to the other base. The other base is the only way I get away with this shit. But no. So, JB, who has, you know, a smaller... A smaller fucking army than I do, but they're all together, so they're just murdering non-stop, and I'm sending my dudes in fucking three at a time, right? JB, like, sort of splits off. He, he can afford to split his army off. He can afford to micro uh, and split his army off a bit to, like, take care of the dudes who are off to the fucking left. Uh, like, he's just getting closer and closer to my fucking... My second base. I'm like, no, 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 please don't. Just, just... Leave the second base alone. Just please think it was bad. And I'm like, oh, we're in Discord together. I'm like, oh, the ba the pathfinding's so bad. It sent them, sent them all the way around the mountain. I'm like, please believe that it was just like, the, the uh, there's nothing else over there. Don't go any further. Just like fucking get bored. Get bored with those guys around the fucking, and I sent them back. I sent them back to my own base because he, you know, sort of marched into my base at that point. So I sent them back around, but it didn't fucking matter, right? Like it, I don't know. So I got fucked by pathfinding, uh, and it was extremely aggravating. Um, and then I lost, and I I just sort yeah. of surrendered. There wasn't there were, I couldn't even find the surrender button, but I'd sort of like ah oh, well I lose. Uh, I did I had my second base, uh, and I still had a fucking very robust economy because the second base had shitloads of trucks, uh, but. It was just gonna, it was just so annoying. And like, because of the way I'd constructed my second base, I didn't have a lot of, there wasn't a lot of space for shit. Uh, I, I had a third, I had another MCV uh, driving up and it was gonna park uh, where Skrull's base had been. So I could have, I probably could have dragged this dumb game out for fucking hours, but uh, it was lunchtime. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was very annoying. It was very annoying for it to yeah. go down like that. And then, but like, I think the worst part was that, yeah, just all this shit I remember from Red Alert, from playing multiplayer Red Alert, just didn't exist in this game. Like, you just, it just wasn't there. There were no fucking, uh, was it Tesla, Tesla Towers, Is it Tesla Cannons? Uh, and like all this kind of stuff, like there was, there was none of that. It was just sort of, yeah. They had the, uh, the guard towers and advanced guard towers. Yeah. Let's think. Like, and you were like, uh, like I, a lot of those games bleed together a lot for me. Um, 
But yeah, I just, I was not having any, like I was like, okay, well, I think what I, I need to do is I need to build that doesn't exist. I can't build that. Uh, okay. I, I don't really know what I'm going to do then. Um, and so I was just sort of building whatever I could to try to, and then sending them one at a time to their fucking death. Um, yeah, it was, it was aggravating. They like the least they could have done is fix the fucking AI, uh, the pathfinding AI, you know, like I, I understand you want to preserve the blah, 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 the sanctity of the, yeah. the game, but fucking come on. The absolute least you could have done is fixed one of the worst pathfinding AIs in video games because holy shit it was infuriating uh yeah they just they were just never capable of doing what i told them to do i couldn't work like by the end one of the other things that nearly gave my fucking my second base game away was that my harvesters i couldn't get them to like dump their ore at the new refinery as their home base, they dump at the new, at the new refinery over in my second base, and then they would like fuck off again. Like uh, that, they would do that for one time. I'd have to specifically tell them, but then they would revert to their original fucking. I couldn't work out how to. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It was very annoying. Anyway, um, yeah. If you are looking for uh, an unbelievably faithful rendition of two yeah. extremely old games, uh, I suppose Command & Conquer Remastered would be the game for you. But uh, I've got to mm. be fucking frank with you. I do not think it's what you want. Uh, people, like, yeah, people are just fucking about it, right? Like, the Command & Conquer Remaster is just excellent, right? Alex from Kotaku. Uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm just, it just feels like nostalgia, like trading purely on nostalgia. And I just think, you know, there could be more than that. Hmm. Do you think they, um, they keep going and do the next slot or? Yeah, it? I hope so. I mean, I, I'm like, oh, I'm just not about nostalgia, but I would play the fuck out of. I very much hope that they do uh, the Red Command and Conquer 2 Red and, and Red Alert 2. 2. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. I would play the fuck yeah. out of that. And I've been trying to work out how they do generals, right? Because you can't do generals straight up. You know, like you can you can remaster generals and make it look good. And like, to be honest, you can just play generals on Origin right now. We've done it. Uh, it's fun. But... Uh, I do not think uh, it's it's kind of vaguely racist, and uh, I do not think that you could get away with it. And I think you would have to make some pretty significant changes to the GLA to get away with uh, with that game. My th- my thought, my my idea is that you turn all the GLA characters into into hillbillies, like American hillbillies, like rednecks, uh, and do it that way. 
So what do they need other than shoes now? What what, what are they asking for? No, that they, they they still need shoes. They just they they just oh. still need shoes. Like you don't have to you don't have to change the lines or anything. They just right. you know you just got to fucking. I think you do need to change the lines. Uh, <laughs> hey y'all, we need shoes. Like I think that still yeah, yeah, fucking okay. works, right? Like, I don't know. I mean the the. The, the the text can stay the same, but they need to change the voice. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, you got to change the voicing, 100. percent But I think the yeah the script itself can stay the same. And yeah, change it to yeah. Right. Uh, I believe they're called the Yaol Kaido. Uh, do it that way. That's my theory on yeah. how they do generals. And uh, right, did did we play Generals Two, or was that a different game? I can't remember. Eighty three. Generals Two was that the mobile game? No, no, it was. Um, uh, I don't. It was, it was definitely a PC game, right? It was a, a a Command and Conquer PC game that was free to play. That I played at E three one year. Uh, it never got released. They they cancelled it, right? But I had played it, and I I feel like it was Generals Two. I didn't play it. Maybe it was one of the years that you went and I didn't. Yeah, right. Um, it was either Generals Two or. The other game that's in this list is called Tiberium Alliances, but I don't think that was it. I feel like it was Generals. Anyway, um, did, where I'm going with this is, did you ever play uh, Renegades? Yeah, fuck yeah, I played Renegades. Yeah, I, I played a bunch of that on the on Game Arena back in the day. Yep. Um, I had a lot of fun with that game. I, I think that is... There's kind of two ways you can bring Command and Conquer back. Either try and do a faithful RTS, or you go down the general's route and give like Dice a crack at, or one of Dice's side studios a crack at uh, Renegade 2. Or, or not even call it Renegade 2, just something else, but have it a first person yep. Command and Conquer game. Because yep. we're at the stage now where we can have hundreds hundreds of people playing in a, a server at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be awesome. awesome. There was a there was a Renegades mod for I think it was like Crisis back in the day that was always really fucking that like you had to organize uh, to, like on the forums to actually get a game going. Mm. But uh, yeah, once you got it going, because uh, there was all I think they they left the server always running, but there was basically nobody ever playing it. But if you like yeah. told everyone to play on the gamer forums at a certain time they would all jump in the other thing i, I think it was uh, crisis renegades maybe or uh i gotta check i gotta find out what, what cnc reborn i think it was um but yeah there was that one and the other one was um the mech warrior living legends mod for crisis those two yeah could always get some fucking servers popping. It was good. Oh, this was fucking good for mods. Uh, yeah, no, I would love to. Instead of fucking Battlefield 6 and doing it in modern times, which is the very strong rumor for what, uh, what yeah. EA are going to announce next week, uh, I'd love to see them fucking do Renegades instead. I reckon that'd be fucking cool. The You know, the people are high on Command & Conquer at the moment, so fucking why not? Capitalize. Yeah. Um, like they've done interesting things with uh, Battlefront. Like you could take some of those elements, yep. chuck it in there. Um, 
I don't like I've got ideas if they want to come talk to me just you know just hire pitch us pitch some stuff yeah um, get us in but yeah just the way that sort of online games are going with tons and tons of players I think it would work really interestingly uh, you just have some cool gameplay events happen with that sort of uh, player count because um, there hasn't been a Command & Conquer game in it looks like about 10 years um, like a, a proper what, what was the mobile game? Command & Conquer title Rivals that, no proper <laughs> on a mobile game it's been a while and we played we played uh, Tiberian Twilight a while back and um, I remember they were doing some weird things with the start, like the gameplay of that was very, I don't think it was mobile-like, but it was weird. Like you had moving bases or something I can sort of remember. Um, I super remember. I just remember playing it and being like, this does not feel like a mm. Commander Conquer game. It's, it's really awkward. I think that was Tiberium Twilight. I don't remember. Yeah, it must have been. Um, mm. Anyway. Anyway. Cool. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I, I think they're going to do something else. They, they must because it's gained a lot of good criticism. It seems like it's selling well. Yeah. So kind of makes sense for them to keep going with it. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Cool. All right. What else we got? GTFO. Uh, I played this uh, last night with one of the developers and uh it's uh it's a very cool game it's a four-player co-op uh horror heist game i guess you might call it um so it's it's a game created uh from like by a bunch of core team members from the payday series uh and yeah it's uh you're a prisoner sense into this nightmarish underground facility and uh you are tasked with acquiring some items and then uh extracting i guess uh getting out again and it's yeah it's four player co-op um it is very punishing uh very complex uh described by the one of the developers as, as you know hardcore um and it's tough it's uh it's it's a tough game but um it's a lot of fun i had a lot of fucking fun playing this game it is you know you you, you land uh you open a door and you're confronted by a bunch of these sleeper characters uh if they wake up they'll attack you on mass uh and mm. you got to kill them and it's it, it's not that hard to kill them it's not that difficult to kill them but i guess the trick with gtfo is that it's a game where like every single resource counts like every single fucking every single bullet you've got you need you desperately need and uh every bit of health uh is you know something you won't have later and stuff like that and yeah you've got to sort of like weigh up your options and balance your uh balance your ability against uh i guess any failure points uh 
and then mm. once you've you've concocted a plan you uh attempt to enact it and then you move on to the next room and uh in this case you know what you what we wound up doing is uh we had these you got these hammers by default and uh you sort of walk up and you, so you try to time it perfectly uh and if you can do it you're standing next to these sleepers and sort of like what happens is they'll like glow and if they're glowing uh they'll recognize any nearby movement and so you you know it's a game of statue basically uh and if they start to flash and glow that means they've recognized movement nearby and they're about to wake up and if you don't immediately halt they will fucking wake up and attack and they'll wake up everyone else as well and they'll attack so you move up you get in position you stand right next to them uh playing this game of statue and then uh on the count of three everyone fucking wallops them in the fucking head and they die and if you all do it perfectly uh they'll die and then you can move on to the next group of sleepers and in this initial room it was mad frosh punch i think there were fucking 11 of these cunts so like our initial fucking like experience in this fucking game was we had to kill 11 of these fuckers and uh i think we got three dead fine and uh and one player one of our play, like one of the people in our group whiffed their fucking hit and if you don't hit them in the head all you'll do you do body damage instead and uh body damage doesn't kill them instantly and but it does wake them up and so it woke them up and they woke up and woke up everyone else and so then we had we killed three so we still had eight to go hmm. And we'd, but we'd set up a contingency if that happened. And that's, you know, that's what the game is built around is, is not just, is preparing for the worst, I guess. Um, and that sort of reminds me of Payday in a lot of ways as well. You know, like in Payday, you would attempt to do a stealth version of a heist and you'd go in and yeah, you'd like, you'd take out a camera, you'd take out a guard, you'd like, solve these minute situations uh one at a time and then but you you'd be you'd have you know people ready for if everything went to shit and if the alarm went off that's it the alarm went off and you do what you could and you get the fuck out but if it didn't go off you'd escape quietly and everything be cool uh and yeah that that was payday in this it's very similar you you know if you get in you smash the the fucking sleeper brains you can move on to the next room everything's cool if it doesn't if the sleepers wake up if the alarm goes off you got to fucking deal with it and that's about that's about it the difference is it sort of resets room to room so when the, the alarm goes off when the sleepers wake up it doesn't wake up the entire fucking facility it just wakes up everyone in that room and you've just got to fucking mm. deal with those people in that room so you've got these self-contained uh situations these self-contained uh stealth situations where if you fail one piece of stealth you haven't failed at stealth for the rest of the mission you then move on to the next area and try again and uh yeah it's it's very cool in the way it allows you to sort of reset uh, and it, that too allows you to sort of compartmentalize uh, your contingency plans. So in, in the case of this first room with 13, uh, 11 motherfuckers in it, um, 
we had like trip mines down and the idea was they would if they were to wake up we would run back behind the trip mines and they would run through them and we'd be like they'd explode and we'd be relatively safe uh unfortunately i ran through the trip mine at the same time i was a little bit further out than everyone else and so i ran through a trip mine at the same time as one of them and i got exploded uh so i went down in the very first fucking fight uh which was quite embarrassing i thought it was nate who triggered it because i was trying to run outside i didn't want to run through the laser i wasn't sure if there was friendly fire or not um but nate just sort of belted straight through the fucking laser and uh i i thought he had triggered it on review of the footage it turns out yeah i just basically run through at exactly the same time as the fucking monster um but yeah uh it was like fucking hilarious uh but yeah like we were immediately on the back foot after that you know you, like that takes you from 100 percent health to zero immediately and mm. you only get back to 20 percent uh so it was basically the worst possible start for this fucking run and then we continued on from there and it's got like you've got to like we had to acquire this macguffin uh and then take it back to the extraction area and you start off in like room 101 and you move and the the macguffin is in i think in our case it was in like room 105 and so we had to move room to room and each room has rooms spreading off from it and you don't have like a direct path you don't know exactly where you need yeah. to go you just know like you know you need to go to room 105 you don't even know you need to go to room 105 in the first place you got to go to like a computer terminal and you query mcguffin one like uh, mcguffin number 11 and then you go you work out okay so rooms 106 and 7 are this way and room 103 and 5 are this way so we're gonna go this way and then you move through there and then to get through the next door and there's a fucking like the door to 105 needs a fucking yellow key card and so you need to find the yellow key card you query where that is it's in room 104 you go there ping it you like fucking hunt it down get the key card go to room 105 get to the item and then try to extract the entire time you're doing these things, you're going through these minor stealth scenarios. You need to, you know, clear out the room first. You need to look for resources because I'd fucking died immediately. Uh, I needed a health kit pretty quickly. Uh, so, um, you know, the, our priority was scavenging for a fucking health kit. And then uh, we get to a door that has an alarm on it. The alarm will summon monsters basically like attract monsters from all over uh until we like disable the alarm basically and once we disable the alarm uh we can we can move on but we have to be careful to make sure we've cleared out any other monsters behind us first because otherwise we'll get fucked in the back and in the front and there's like there's a lot of fucking steps and there's a lot of like i know i need to I need to query MacGuffin. I don't know like which MacGuffin. So I'm like typing and like you're type like it's a computer terminal. Uh, it's a full pl like terminal. You got like you can type help and get a list of help. You can type commands, get a list of com commands. Query MacGuffin underscore 
hey, which which MacGuffin do we need? Uh, we need 11. Okay. MacGuffin underscore 11. It's in room 105. I convey this to the fucking... The other guys, and there's like, there's a lot of, it's very heavily communication based, uh, which makes it extremely fun, but very complex. And I think that, like, they were talking about how, you know, it's, it's firmly a four play experience, and they have no interest in uh, making it any less than that. Uh, like, they've got no interest in making bots because it doesn't really go with the philosophy of how the fucking game plays. And, um, hmm. you know, they've got not really any interest in balancing it for fewer players or anything like that. It is just, it's a game that's built for four players. I think that might be the only real failure point for it because it's 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 a very complex game, you know? And... Hmm. I I think about the the teams that we play uh, as as a group of four, and I think I would get quite frustrated <laughs> playing this uh, with our regular groups of four. There are only a couple of people where I would feel like I think about playing Deep Rock Galactic, right? Another co op four player game where you go in a fucking go get shot deep into the fucking dirt, uh, go down deep into something, and then you fucking get a MacGuffin and you get to the extraction point. All right, and I think about that game, and I think about the people I was playing that with, um, Drew, Dr. E3, Money, Baz, and Praetorian, and I think I could probably play GTFO <laughs> with Dr. E3 and Baz, and I think I know where Praetorian lives, and I would fucking murder him in his sleep. If I play GTFO with him, because he has, I, I like there are moments where that motherfucker, like, listeners, if you're not subscribed to Heat's fucking YouTube channel, subscribe to Heat Dixon's YouTube channel. Uh, you know, former podcast host and uh, current uh, head injury have a Heat Dixon. Uh, about ninety percent of his videos are tedious terribly boring uh renditions of him driving around a fucking racetrack and not getting any fucking positions uh but uh, every now and then he'll post literally comedy gold like champagne comedy um f like the other day when he posted playing fucking snow runner a video of playing snow runner with praetorian and praetorian after Heath has spent fucking 25 minutes, like, driving a, a fucking pallet of bricks across the fucking country, uh, Praetorian pulls his fucking truck out right before Heath is driving, in, like, literally at the fucking depot. Like, they're driving at the fucking depot, and Praetorian just try like, pulls his truck out in front. Like T-bones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> the like, bricks fall off. And that's it. Like, like they've just pissed away all that, all that fucking effort. And it turns out Praetorian, like, just wasn't paying attention at that moment. Just he just hadn't, like, he was just doing his own thing, and he didn't notice. And when you see this video, I, I, I think, I, I think the video has like fucking a hundred or so views. <laughs> On YouTube, and I reckon ninety of those views are fucking me. I watch that fucking oh my lord, it makes me. Yeah. You uninstalled the game. You didn't even have it. 
I don't even own it, and I uninstalled it in fucking sympathy. Holy shit. Uh, like, yeah. I just, I, yeah. The Deep Rock Galactic crew, three of us could, could play GTFO together, and one of us would be a critical failure point so fucking significant that I might quit playing video games forever. Like, I just don't, like, that's the thing, right? Sea of Thieves, right? Playing with Racy, the worst pirate of all time, right? Is a lot of fun. And Sea of Thieves <laughs> game that has a lot of fucking moving parts and is ultimately quite complex. Uh, I actually think Racy would probably go pretty well in GTFO because I think it's quite uh, measured and, uh, and like, slow-paced. And I think the times where Racy becomes the worst pirate ever are in those high tension moments where he should be not running us to the ground uh but instead he's decided to just sort of let us run into a fucking island but like that's fucking hilarious that's that shit's fun mm. and i don't think that stuff would be fun in gtfo right it's it's certainly funny when things go to shit in in almost any game right and i think gtfo is a game built around those exciting moments when, and when everything goes to shit and you have to pull together to deal with it. But I think what GTFO requires is uh, a degree of competence. Uh, and I think the stakes on a moment to moment basis are too high in GTFO for it to really uh, allow you to carry someone who is like not entirely incompetent. Like, uh, Praetorian is certainly capable of playing very well in Deep Rock Galactic, and there are moments where he, like, full-blown carries and stuff. But those moments where he's clearly paying zero attention and just so happens to, like, fuck the entire team are... You can't have any of those. Like, there's no... There's no, like, there isn't breathing space in GTFO. Like, I guess once you've cleared out a room, there is. But, like, if that lapse in, in attention happens before a room has been fully cleared, like, you're cooked. Like, and you can write off every single part of a run. Like, it, it will be gone. Resources are so fucking hard to come by and... Uh, and you are so devastated by any mistake that, yeah, like, it would be like, I think, it'd be like if you were playing, I don't know, fucking Sekiro. You were trying to fight the last boss in Sekiro and every single player had to beat the last boss in Sekiro. Hmm. And if anyone failed, all of you failed. Like, I think that would be unbelievably frustrating. And... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's uh, particular. Like, I like I was playing with Nate, and Nate and I fucking work well together. I think you and I would work to get well together in GTFO. And I think we could find a fourth, but at the same time, the necessity for a fourth is is like a really big ask. I think you know it's a very big ask, and. When the alternative is you could just play Deep Rock Galactic where it doesn't matter all that much and you just sort of make fun of the person mm. for being a failure. Like, eh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's So I think it's mostly just not a game for me all the time. I wish it were because I had fuck tons of fun. Uh, but I mostly, I mostly think to myself, 
what are the scenarios where I would play this and have fun and it would be very serious fun. It's still in early access and I think they're still working pretty heavily on like progression mechanics and stuff like that. Like there isn't, I think if they got to a place where it had more robust progression mechanics, because what it is at the moment is uh, bragging rights only, you know? And if there's only bragging rights at stake, uh, failure is actually like there are they're actually quite high stakes uh the stakes are actually pretty high if the only thing uh that is is up for grabs is saying you actually successfully completed a fucking scenario then yeah the stakes are pretty fucking high right if in deep deep rock lactic right the stakes are you get your fucking minerals and you can up- upgrade your fucking flamethrower or some shit it's not that big a deal mm-hmm. Right, because you just go in and you do it again. You like reset and you start all over. You or drop the difficulty or some shit. There's no difficulty to drop, and there's there's no minerals or anything. There's yeah, the, literally the only thing that you're failing is right. everyone else in your team. And I think yeah, once they get to a progression point where there's something to win or lose, uh, to to gain or not, it might actually be a little less imposing. Yeah, uh, a little less overbearing in its uh, in its I guess the terror you feel at having a failure point that isn't yourself, you know. Hmm. Um, but until they get there, yeah, uh, it's not a game for me. Um, but yeah, it's like it is a lot of fun, and if you've got four people who are looking for it's. I think it's a game for people who played a fuck ton of Payday and wanted want something that is Payday and but takes itself seriously. You know, isn't continuously sure. ratcheting up the goofiness, which is what Payday 2 sort of wound up doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, did you ask them why they never responded to our emails for codes <laughs> last year? I, I did not. <laughs> I think they didn't have a PR team on, on board at the time. They never uh, responded no, to our email. No, they didn't. We were like, hey, we uh, we talked about Payday a lot on here. <laughs> and we're interested in covering your game. Uh, took, took time out, like literally made time to go play Payday 2 at E3 one year. Uh, yeah, we were fucking goofs for Payday. But uh, yeah, anyway. No, I didn't. Uh, anyway, it's, it's available right now. My personal recommendation is... I would wait it out a little bit for them to flesh it out a little bit more, but it's certainly a very interesting like uh, execution of that yeah. payday experience, or you know, payday meets Left 4 Dead, erring more on the horror side of things. Yeah, yeah, nice, cool, uh, cool. All right, uh, one more game till we get to the big one. Yep, uh, PUBG. I, Why? I reinstalled Why, PUBG. Joe? Why do you do this to yourself all the time? I am. A, I think it's a time for intervention. It's, it's pathological. My, <laughs> it's like a, it's a bad relationship. It is. It is. I keep going back. Um, <laughs> I reinstalled PUBG. It was thirty gigabytes, which is uh, smaller than a Warzone patch, and um, but not as good. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, really, I was I was lured in by the promise of playing with bots, 
Uh, hmm. And shit. Uh, it was it was something else. Uh, we were on Miramar. Uh, we dropped like directly into Los Leones. It was underneath the plane. Uh, as far as I can tell, there were ten other teams in our game, which was actually that's forty players because we were in squads. Uh, we were three men. It was me, Kleb, and Heath. Um, yeah. Uh, and as soon as I landed, uh, well, after I I looted one floor of a building in Los Leones, uh, my game crashed. Uh, before it did this, it was dropping to like zero frames for like seconds at a time. My game crashed. Uh, I had, uh, task manager up on one of my other screens. Um, I was, I was looking at it. nothing out of the ordinary, but nevertheless, before I restarted the game, uh, I made sure literally everything I'd killed everything. I'd killed Chrome. I'd killed fucking, uh, battle net launcher and fucking origin and everything. Everything was dead except mm-hmm. for steam and then PUBG. And so I reload PUBG and then fucking, I don't know, three minutes pass and crashed again. And I crashed over and over and over again. Um, and my last crash yeah. was when I got uh, I got downed, uh, crawled behind a rock. Uh, and uh, as I was crawling behind the rock, I crashed. Uh, and then I heard from uh, from Kleb that we had all died. Uh, I assume I have no idea. I've got no idea how it actually went down, but I assume what what I did was I continued to crawl after I got behind the rock and I just fucking crawled down into the middle of nowhere and died because uh, that's what you do. And uh, anyway, so because uh, I crashed, uh, I just didn't. I just uninstalled the game. I just re- uninstalled it. Uh, I never really got to find any bots. I, I may have fought a bot. I don't know. I got a grozer. Uh, but the only people I actually got to shoot at were, uh, were hundreds of meters away. Uh, so I was sort of single firing the grozer and it seemed like by the time we actually got to shoot, we were smack bang in the center of the circle. Uh, I thought Los Leones would be pretty hot. It wasn't. Hmm. Um, I thought where we went to would be pretty hot. It wasn't. I got a flare gun and I called in a flare and I thought that would bring some people in. It didn't. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Didn't really, uh, didn't really do I did a bit of damage and didn't get any kills and I uninstalled the game again. And that was me done with, with yeah. PUBG. And that's it. That's PUBG. PUBG, baby. <laughs> it's... For another, I don't know, how many more months till you put it back on? Until I, until I go there again. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, good times. Good times. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the big game, uh, the big game, the last of us part two, part two. Um, yeah. So this podcast is going to be up, I think a little bit later than usual, right? Is that correct? Um, I think for a little while we were going for like 4 PM on Friday. Um, my preference, I think last week we'd worked out that would probably be better off going for 11 PM on Friday. Uh, but nevertheless, this will be going out at 5.01 PM on Friday and no earlier, or we will get fucked. 
by Sony. What if we put it up an, an hour and a half earlier? No, two hours earlier. That way, when they get to the Last of Us part, ah, genius. we can talk about it. Okay. Um, yeah. I want no part of that. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to be reamed by Sony for that. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, I guess we're going to be talking, um, I think, spoilers for at least the end of Last of Us 1, yeah. the first game. Yeah. And then we'll um, basic premise of the game and then no more story spoilers. There will be no story it's very spoilers hard to, in this. It's a very story heavy game. And further to that point, the uh, NDA agreement for the review code for The Last of Us 2 is insane. It is... I've never seen anything like it. It is the most... Uh, it is extremely restrictive in what we're allowed to talk about. Uh, I actually have a real problem with how fucking restrictive this fucking agreement was because I couldn't... Like, we couldn't have known how restrictive it was going to be before we agreed to it. Hmm. it like, we're not allowed to talk about uh, I don't even know because the way it's worded you're not allowed to talk about like this This is reminding me of fucking last week's podcast right when I like pointlessly brought up The Last of Us to you to do a, like to do a, a fucking you know wet some whistles uh, yeah. And talk about the fuck, and then I fucking started panicking because I couldn't fucking work out what I was allowed to talk about. But you like the way it's worded. You're not allowed to talk about. Uh, you're only allowed to talk about playing as Ellie. You're only mm. allowed to talk about playing as Ellie, uh, and you're not allowed to talk about any character's fate. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that is a spectacularly restrictive uh, thing to agree to. It turns out Mm -hmm. that that stops you from talking about a significant portion of what makes The Last of Us Part 2 phenomenal. Uh, right. They they did something very similar with um Marvel Spider-Man in 2018. I remember that NDA was I think it's the biggest one that I've seen. Yeah. that we've ever, ever agreed to. Mm. Um I can't find it at the moment, but it was it was long. Mm. Uh and it went into details about here are the things you can talk about, here are the things you can't talk about. Don't read this section if you haven't finished the game. Once you finish the game, then come back to it. You know, then you can, you know, here's stuff to completely avoid. We don't want you posting these things on these certain days. Then two weeks later, you can talk about this stuff and like very detailed. And I remember, I'm pretty sure one of the big things about Marvel Spider-Man spoilers, if you have not played it yet, was you weren't allowed to talk about the villain Mm. in that game. Um, And they wanted to keep it a surprise. And I I was, I'm okay with that. They never actually revealed who the villain was at all during the, um, during the trailers or, you know, all the 
media coverage that they did for that game. And I'm cool with that because it leaves it as a surprise. Um, and I think there are definitely ways that you can go about um, talking about some of these games that are very spo- uh, story-driven um, without giving away major plot points. And I think that The Last of Us has huge... Uh, like, it's a massive focus on story. There's twists and turns all over the place, things that happen. Uh, and it's very hard to talk about um, that stuff at the moment. I'm sure we can do it at some stage. Yeah, and, we'll be able you know, to do a, a spoiler cast, weeks. and we'll do a spoiler cast. Um, yeah. We're definitely doing a spoiler cast, 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm, but I think at this stage it'll just be very small spoiler stuff, and then we'll go we'll go into gameplay and stuff like that. So spoiler stuff for the first game. It? There will not be any spoilers at all for The Last of Us Two, under literal like fucking fuck you in the ass <laughs> agreement shit. Uh, and Sony are going after motherfuckers for leaking shit on this game. So yeah, we will yeah we will tap dance around this shit very carefully. Uh, so you right. do not have to worry about any fucking spoilers for The Last of Us 2 in this podcast at all because I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen. I'm fucking terrified yeah. of it. And if we happen. do, I'll we'll cut them out. We'll cut them out. Um, <laughs> we say something. I will. Uh, don't um, worry. Don't so, worry. I'll spend all of tonight, instead of sleeping, I'll lie awake thinking, should we have fucking said this? I know because well, I did this fucking this week last week. Show. Hey? You can edit this week's show if you want. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> you're good. Uh, but yeah, um, anyway. So the original game, Last of Us, uh, again, spoilers for that. We're going to talk about it. Hmm. That game ended with uh, Joel and Ellie at a hospital where um, <clears throat> Joel has been, I guess, escorting Ellie to this hospital to get the cure. Um, and in order to do that, she needs to go into surgery and she'll be killed. Yeah. But they'll be able to create a cure because she's immune to this post-apocalyptic zombie style infection that is around the world um he has a change of heart and ends up uh basically rescuing her and and the game ends with them going back to is it uh what's the name of the town one of the settlements where uh tommy has been held up um and that's the end of the game basically yeah like you've traveled across the country um to take this girl to extract the cure out of her and he you know changes his mind so that's kind of where the next game picks up but a couple years later right it was they're still they're living in this settlement and um how do you want to dance around this story i guess the the premise is that people have not liked the uh the decision that joel has taken joel and ellie have taken uh during the events of the last game and it's a story about them trying to I guess they're trying to find these people. Well, I think yeah. I think I think Naughty Dog has been pretty upfront, right? Um, mm. Like it's it's I'm based on interviews um, that you've seen fucking all over the place. Uh, you know, Druckmann's been talking about you know the themes and stuff of uh, the Last of Us Part Two. Uh, you know, it's a it's a revenge tale, and um, yeah. And yeah, uh, they're they're like people are out for revenge um, yeah. on yeah, based on the the events at the end of the the first game, and yeah. uh, that drives 
everything that happens in uh, The Last of Us Part 2. And so you wind up playing as uh, as Ellie in Seattle. Uh, and, uh, like, it's a, it's a completely different locale. Uh, and there are these factions battling it out over, mm. um, you know, control of Seattle. And, uh, there's, you know, there's a significant amount of, um, I guess, uh, like politicking at play and all this kind of stuff. And, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, you wind up going through this uh this version of seattle and it feels um it's it's a game that i i guess we can like we'll just go from there right like we'll just talk about from there uh yeah and just avoid any story stuff right yeah 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 well most story stuff i think um even just the setting i think this is the best looking next generation game we've seen it is the best um, looking console game i've ever seen yeah sorry yeah console next generation game yeah. uh it's it's up there with with red dead but i think it surpasses i red think dead. i think it's better than like, red dead too yep. completely only probably only because it's not necessarily um it's not an open world game it's definitely more open than uh, naughty dog stuff we've seen in the past mm. but it's still a bit more contained uh, and I think that's where it gets the edge on on a game like Red Dead. But in terms of what they've done visually, yeah, it's the it's the best looking next generation console game we've got, uh, and it probably will be because we've got five months left. Yep. Uh, and the next one, maybe Cyberpunk. We don't know what that really looks like on console yet. Well, so Ghost of Tsushima could have a punt, but I think could. that will look more stylistic. Uh, they'll go down yeah. the stylistic route. I'm sure it'll be gorgeous, but like visual fidelity wise, you cannot go past the Last of Us. Yeah, the Last of Us has got it. It is gorgeous, utterly it's gorgeous. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if um, you have seen this yet, but there's a photo mode in the game. Right. No. Was no. It's really weird because uh, there was a patch that came out, uh, but it's been there since I've played it. Right. So okay. Uh, I've been taking screenshots of this game, and I'll, I'll shoot you some. Yeah. They look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> They're nuts. Sweet. I'll shoot you some on uh, on Discord. I'll just quickly find it. Um, well, I'll, I'll use them for. So I think I'm going to put something up on the geopodcast.com. You can read my. I'm going to think write I'm sending a review. This to you. Oh, don't send it to someone else. You fuck. Um, <laughs> what do I? Just, yeah, you're getting this right. now. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Uh, it's, it's this is bad, bad audio there. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll post them at some stage for people to see. So, here's, well, here's another one. like I was saying, I'll put them in. I'll put in the review that I'm writing. Because um, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, the the first thing the game does is uh, it it really fucking. It, I feel like it baits you into thinking it's going to be an open world sort of game, right? So that first area that you get to when you first oh, yeah. reach Seattle is extremely open. It's probably the most open uh, I've ever seen in uh, a Naughty Dog game. Um, yeah, and it's probably the most open part of the entire game. Yeah. And, and then, like, after you get through that, it immediately narrows down. And, like, it, it does, it almost feels like a bait and switch. 
But I don't think it's anything as sinister as that. I think it's simply uh, they narrow the focus. Uh, it feels yeah. like it feels like an area that they intended on. You know that that the game would be like broadly, and then they, I suppose, decided they wanted to to significantly narrow things down, uh, yeah. narrow their focus. Because you get a get map yeah. at that stage of the game. And you never get a map for the rest of the game. You never, like, yeah. It, like, I guess, never mind what I was just about to say, but, uh, like, yeah, uh, it's it, it's weird, right? Because you can sort of tackle things in any fucking way you want. You can go and you can head into a bank and you'll acquire a fucking shotgun real early if you know where to look and know what to do. Hmm. Um, you can get, yeah, you can get a shotgun real fucking early, which is... The shotgun's fucking amazing. Um, it's like uh, over the course of the game, you sort of upgrade and get unlock more things. And uh, one of the things you unlock is the ability to, to have two long guns uh, available, like uh, very yeah. ready access, very quick access to two long guns. Uh, you also get access to two handguns, very ready access. Yep. Uh, but the shotgun stayed was a permanent, uh, had a permanent spot in my fucking long gun uh, holster because it is the ultimate everything's fucked button. And so it's it's one of those weapons where you don't want to fucking hmm. have to fiddle with a bunch of shit so that you can get to it because by that time you're probably being eaten by a fucking clicker. Um, yeah. And so you can get that real fucking early if you know where to go. Uh, or you can, yeah, you can hunt down, you can head somewhere else and, and find a bunch of fucking pills to upgrade and, and unlock a, like some, some skills and shit really early on. Because uh, it's a resource management game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can get like, uh, there's something else. I can't remember what. You build something. I can't remember what. It's too early in the game for me. It's a, I think it took me about, 29 hours to finish um and this is in the first three hours so i don't super remember exactly what else it is you build but you find the recipe for something uh maybe the trip mine <clears throat> can't remember um yeah anyway that thing's fucking amazing um yeah you wind up in this situation where yeah you just got the ability to sort of really drive uh, your game at the same time, because it's a scavenging game, you don't know necessarily where any of these things are. You don't know exactly where to go. You don't know, oh, if I go to the bank, I'll get the fucking shotgun. Uh, you just know that there are locations and you can go to them. And hmm. yeah, if you go to them, you might get something or you might not. You might run into... Yeah a nasty fucking zombie or something like that or yeah like you, you, you can find a note that says hey there's this other yeah. compound somewhere else and then it like marks it on your map and you're like all right cool i can go over here now i know that there's something over here yeah and yeah it, it does a really good job of you know letting you know when you've cleaned an area out and stuff like that and yeah. um yeah you've got like there's safes and stuff. It's it's where you're introduced to the concept of safes and the the light puzzle solving that, in, like that are safes. You know, like safes play a huge role in, in the game as uh, one of the key 
puzzle elements because a lot of the time uh once you get past this broad open world area you get into sort of uh the much more linear it goes from uh, my estimation is it's about eight blocks uh in that first initial area of seattle and it it goes down to about maximum two blocks uh later on yeah because what it does is uh it puts you in these situations where you can't go backwards like once you've cleared out an area you can't really you can't go backwards anymore like while you're moving forward you will drop down a ledge or go through a door and you can't go back from there and that and generally those areas are restricted to about two blocks in space and so you wind up in these situations where uh once once you've exited that large open world starting area of about eight blocks you then know that yeah you've got about two blocks of space to to get through whatever it is or to to solve whatever puzzles or whatever and generally speaking the solutions to these puzzles will not be anywhere other than within that space uh the only the only solution i'm thinking of that was from outside of the immediate space is that first one in the fucking open world the fucking because you need the the gate code right that's how you solve that safe um yeah it's uh it's a very interesting like or you don't or you don't um you know you can brute force a lot of the safes all the safes you can brute force well i i don't see why you wouldn't be able to what are are you talking about how how would you brute Uh, force them you, you can actually hear the clicks when you turn the saves. Oh, really? Yeah. That's... I opened a bunch of them just by spinning through. That's fucking amazing. I did not know that. That is amazing. I did not notice at all. That's fucking Because cool. there was one I got to and I was like, I don't know where the, the combination is. And I was like, D- can I can I just listen and try and open it that way? Yeah. And you can. That is you can so literally cool. just... And I did it for a bunch of them. From then on, I was just like spinning through. <laughs> <laughs> that is rad. That is so cool. Uh, I did absolutely. And then the good thing about it was I would be like, all right, where's the, uh, where is it now? Because sometimes it'll be like an environmental puzzle. Like you've yeah. got to find it written on a wall somewhere. Yeah. And uh, there was one occasion where I did find like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. There it is. It's down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can bruise for those safes. That is so cool. Which is, another, that's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, that is that is extremely cool uh, because hunting for the, the safe code led led me to probably my biggest criticism of the fucking game, which is that that idea that you can exit an area and never go back. I think is it is a yeah. cardinal sin in a linear game uh, with exploration of this nature. Uh, I do not think. I think it is. It is critically bad a critical failure in level design the one i'm thinking about specifically is there is a safe and the code is written down and it is a series of numbers and then question mark question mark and i suppose the solution to that one would be to listen for the click right uh and i probably would have brute forced it in the end well i never fucking solved this one because while i was looking around for the fucking code the the finish the code uh, because I actually like I relished these fucking these were my f- because I think it is such a clever use of 
the intricate uh, detail, the level design detail, I think is such a very fucking clever way to get people to focus in on all the minute details in a level is to have them hunt around for uh, vaguely obscure references to things. Uh, One I'm thinking about, uh, I think is probably my favorite is uh, there's a, the safe code is the big win. And you find the answer to that one on a, on a cork board and it is tiny. You have to fucking like zoom in to fucking see the fucking thing. And I'm like, that is fucking genius. I loved it. Like the one you're, yeah, the one I'm thinking, the one I'm thinking about that you might've missed. Was it the one in the bathroom, the toilet next to the toilet seat? Is it in a sewer? Maybe. I don't know. No, I think it's actually in like a bathroom next to a toilet. Like someone's written down like for, you know, call Sarah. Oh, no, I found, I found that one. Like I that. found that one. Uh, that was right. pretty funny. Uh, no, I found that one. No, I'm thinking that this one was in a sewer. And while I was looking around, I leapt over a ledge because I looked over the ledge and I looked down. And I'm like, hmm. I think, I think Ellie could climb back up that, right? Like, I think I, I should be able to climb back up that. So I'll just go down here and have a look and maybe whatever it is I'm looking for is is a little bit further away. It was barely 10 meters from the fucking safe itself. And I leapt over and that was it. I could not go back. Like I was done. And worse still, the autosave overwrote and the checkpoint overwrote as soon as I leapt over. And so then I could not go back and solve that safe. And I think that is a huge mistake and i encountered it one more time and what it did was it turns every single like situation where i ran into like i think the beauty of that the safe cracking is that it gets you to focus on the details of the level design and the drawback of having it so that you can never go back is that it, it gets you to real like every part of that game is so specifically crafted in a way to make it feel like it's real you know like oh how you know how fucking amazing like they don't there's not a yellow ledge a spray painted ledge with some ropes hanging off it to indicate somewhere you can climb or something like that you know like that none of that shit exists instead it is just a, a real I can climb that yeah and, and I can climb it and yeah. I, I like that just makes sense to me like it yeah. I can climb well, it like there's a crack I in the wall I, yeah. and you're like I should be able to fit through that like mm. in any other game you'd be like oh I can't get through that because it, it's just a level design like it's a crack but in this game like you can squeeze through it and, or if or there's like in another car, game you can go under the car yeah in another game if you could squeeze through it it'd be like spray painted white or something you know like that yeah. the signposting that they do it doesn't exist in the last of us they they're so desperately concentrating on trying to make it feel like a real world scenario uh you know real post apocalyptic scenario but nevertheless real world and they're trying to make it so that you feel like you are in a lived-in space, and mm. the uh, like the the fact that they lock you out from being able to go back in some in an, uh, a number of well in the bulk of these situations yeah. makes it feel more video gamey than anything else. And I can't help but feel like what they should have done is anything to indicate 
that what you were about to do would transition you into a space where you could not come back. And mm. I don't, I don't 100% know how they would do it, right? Because you don't want to wind up with the, I guess, the fucking yellow spray painted ropes, right? But I think if there was some sort of subtle indicator, you might at least have, there might be something to at least tell you for next time that it'd be something that you could look at and say, okay, at least I know for next time, some sort of, yeah, I don't know, graffiti or something that tells you, you know, this way only, or, you know, like they have to do something yeah. because- yeah, I honest to God think it is a massive uh, flaw in the level design of this game because my only way to like to solve that safe now is to fucking play through the entire fucking level again, and that's not fucking happening. It's a it's a single player linear narrative experience. I'm not like I you know part of me desperately wants to fucking solve every fucking safe in every game. But a larger part of me is not playing through an entire fucking uh, four-hour chapter again so that I can get back to a safe just so I can crack it just because I failed to do it last yeah. time. You know, like, that's... Yeah, they, they, I think there's... They're... I wonder if, like, the solution to that is having multiple, um, like, save states because I think the game's only got one. It's got, like, an yeah. auto-save. And if they had, like, I don't know three or four yeah and you could be like oh i've gone through this i've gone through this door rather than it auto saving because you've gone through it you jump back to yeah a couple of minutes that'd be a good one that'd be a good solution i think um because yeah it, it really bucked the fuck out of me and uh it was it just you know it yeah it just it made me realize how how the the game was constructed it yeah. laid bare it shattered the glass on how the game was constructed and i think it robbed it of a lot of its magic um sure because the door you're going through you don't know if it's going to be a door that is gonna be blocked behind you when ellie walks through it yeah. or if it's just a door you're walking through exactly it. um yeah yeah and so you second guess every fucking door and you start to question every single fucking crack a hole in the wall you fucking go through. Am I ever, like, is this a one-way fucking ticket? Uh, is this ledge, uh, you know, there's no coming back from this ledge, even though, uh, yeah. is like, this ledge going to collapse when I jump on it? Or- right? Like, <laughs> and yeah, this, like the ledge, the one I'm speaking, the one I'm talking about in particular, phew, shouldn't it, shouldn't it, fucking, anyone could climb this fucking thing. Fucking, like anyone at all could make yeah. their way back up over this ledge. I do not understand why they decided that you wouldn't be able to go back. Uh, I've got to assume it's it's some sort of resource allocation thing, and I think it's tied to you know the the reason why the game is you know is able to achieve the visual fidelity that it does while still running as smoothly as it does and look you know looking as good and running as well and all that kind of stuff. Um, I assume is why they, you know, they're probably unloading a bunch of resources and stuff once you go past yeah. an area or something. But it does like it doesn't really rectify my my problem, the problem I have with it. Um. Anyway, 
but just talk, just keep keeping going on about puzzles. One yeah. of the ones that I like really early on is they teach you how to use um, like a rope, and and then after that they give you something that's not a rope but behaves like a rope and you need to solve a puzzle yeah. with that. And I think that is really smart. Like using one thing to throw off a ledge and then climb up it or climb down and then an hour later giving you something else and, and then it doesn't tell you. Like the game does not tell you this is what you need to do with it yeah. unless um, it gives you a hint. Which yeah. occasionally if, if you take too long. Yeah, uh, but you can turn that off. Yeah, we'll get to that yep. later as well. But like, yeah, that's so smart. Like, it, it, the game teaches you one thing for a mechanic, and then gives you a puzzle later on. But it's not a rope, mm. and you just kind of have to figure that out. Uh, like the game does that so many different times. We just like, all right, cool, I, I really enough. like how it uses that sort of like what you know we just we were talking about earlier the language. You know, it teaches you the language, right? And it's such a simple, I think it's a very simple language that later on when you're exploring, you know, larger areas and you wind up seeing, yeah. you just see a rope somewhere. You're like, oh, I wonder what, what I can do with this. You know, I wonder what I can use this yeah. for. And it encourages you to experiment and then find, like, I I remember one in particular, I won't go into detail, but... Uh, I remember one scenario where I found a rope and I just sort of threw it and I didn't even know that it would lead to something. I just threw it and then that was... I wasn't solving the puzzle. I was more using it as a tool for further exploration. And what it led to was Mm. a spectacular spot to snipe motherfuckers from. But... um. Right. And and a bunch of goodies right. and yeah you just wind up in this situation where the puzzle solving uh, once you learn the language you're able to experiment with it and and use that to enhance your ex- exploration and like yeah. gro- it grows the the space of the level and by and large like that's the sort of thing that normally you just sort of like it's complex you can fucking die like your character can die trying to fucking uh put that puzzle together like trying and failing that puzzle you can fucking die on that one uh yeah and and, but yeah instead it facilitates the exploration in a way and you know it doesn't lead to spectacular rewards but it's still like it leads to rewards and the ability to get a different perspective on the area and all this kind of stuff and i think it's such a like yeah those things they're so clever in the way that they designs each level to take advantage mm. of players wanting to explore and wanting to yeah. you know really dig deep into the design and the you know minutiae of what they've created out of their level well, design. even just something simple as glass right yeah plays a huge oh, role yeah. in the level design yeah and like in any other game you'd see that you'd see a um a house and it's got a glass window and you can't get in there because you know the game doesn't allow you but in this this game it's like there's a boarded up house but there's like a window above the door and so you can like break the window and then climb through it uh and it just uses glass in a way that i have not seen i feel like um maybe i saw that in half-life alex i think i talked about glass in that um 
and the way you can use glass in that game but this game does it even more where you can like glass is not a barrier for you and you can use that in your puzzle solving or like break a, a, a you know a fridge and steal whatever food is inside of that fridge like yeah um you're talking about like the language of things that you see and you're like oh i wonder if i can do this like that this game does a really good job with this level design and being like i wonder if i can go there and for the most part you can like yeah. there's th- there's definitely walls invisible walls that they put up but you g- you generally know when you can't go over something yeah and like the amount of the amount of like vaguely boarded up houses that you can actually break your way into if you look around enough is surprising. The amount of like extraneous exploration you can do is like off the charts. Uh, Hmm. There are, these are houses that would generally like, or buildings that would generally just be sort of set dressing in other games and yet here there are opportunities for like storytelling you'll find like letters and stuff that have you know that detail um these extra storylines and you've got all these other people who you know you might find a corpse and uh a letter apologizing for something and then fucking two hours later you'll come across another fucking letter and it'll be like i wonder where fucking uh joe is like he was supposed to meet me here i i'm so you know i i I just need him to bring the fucking meds and if you fucking go back through your letters you'll be like signed off by you know joe uh i'm sorry i'll never be able to bring the meds here you're like ah fucking hell like that is so disconnected these these two people are so disconnected and like they're but they're you've got to complete picture of how everything went wrong for them and stuff like that and it's really fucking cool and uh yeah they it's also utterly peripheral to the primary game experience uh like a lot of this stuff you don't need to fucking you don't need to go into these houses you just you just do it because exploring is Except when, except when you go too far in an area and fuck yourself, exploring is a joy, and you're doing it for the the fun of the exploration itself. They've managed to, you know, I, I think one of my biggest problems with the first game is that I felt like scavenging was uh, a core necessity, uh, and I didn't think that it was um, fun. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. like. I didn't find fun in hunting around for fucking a bottle and some rags or some shit. I didn't think that was, uh, you know, a interesting way to do it. I mean, it was interesting the first time and maybe even the 10th time, but the fucking hundredth time I was doing it, I was like, okay, fucking whatever. I just fucking, can I just have a fucking Molotov? <laughs> just give me my scissors. sake, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in this, it's, uh, it's sort of uh, a byproduct. It's like in, I felt like in The Last of Us, uh scavenging was the the means to an end itself meanwhile in this you scavenge as and the means to the end is the exploration is the the passive platform uh puzzle solving that i think they really nailed in this game and i don't think they Mm. did as well in the first game which i think you know i i think is probably a highly contentious fucking point of view but i personally didn't think the first game was the fucking bee's knees i don't think i think we fought about it on the fucking 
Game of the Year podcast Probably, the year yeah. it came out. Because I think Junglist, it was like his his game of fucking every his everything. He fucking loved that game. And I just yeah. wasn't that fucking blown away by it. Um, but yeah, like I, I think they've dramatically fixed a lot of my problems with the first game in this one. They've they've taken it, and yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I I was talking about this, you know, the Command and Conquer and Red Alert thing, and how you know they took the first game and just made it fucking way better with Red Alert too. But that's what that's what the Last of Us Two feels like. It just feels like it's been made way fucking better. Um, hmm. mechanically speaking, gameplay-wise, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. What people are playing The Last of Us for may not necessarily be the mechanics in the gameplay. Uh, it might be yeah. uh, a, a narrative uh, that we flat out can't fucking can't talk, talk about. about. So uh, we will... <laughs> I think we can talk about little bits. Um, what I will say about the narrative is... A lot of people didn't want. There was people that didn't want a sequel to this game. They yeah. think that it's uh, it's stood alone. I think um, they've done a good job of expanding this um, world. Yep. And also telling a story that is really fucking good. Mm. Um, I liked about ninety five percent of this story. I also <laughs> liked. I would say about ninety percent of this story. Um, although I... Because it's long. It's a long it game. It's a long game. Um, <laughs> I have... <clears throat> I have some problems with the specifics on how this narrative is constructed. But, mm. um... But I enjoyed it in spite of that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, we will not go into that in any... I don't have any problems with the way the narrative is constructed. Um, at least if we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. But I, yeah, I um, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending, like the story of the ending. I thought it wasn't what really I wanted out of it. Um, and we can get to that at some other stage. But in terms of the overall story, I like you talked about like politics and factions and things like that. I like what they do in the world building of you get to explore uh like all these different factions are in this world and find out like what they're about and who they are and we've seen like we've seen some of them in the um in the the videos that they've shown off like the the the, the faction that don't communicate with each other they kind of like whistle um so that was in the initial gameplay reveal like we, we get to find out more about them and we get to find about like all the other factions in there and like who is actually like who is the bad guys in the situation? Are there any bad guys, mm. or is everybody got their own sort of alliances, the things they want about? And you get to really um, explore this world a lot more and find out, you know, what is sort of driving these people. Mm. Um, I think that's really interesting. Like what they do here, we don't get to see a lot of that usually. It's sort of like very focused on these are the good guys, and here is why they're good. But are they actually the good guys? Um, you know, we, we get to see that every once in a while in other mediums, but usually we don't. Yeah. I think it does a good job of, of um, you know, through the world building and all the storytelling of exploring that. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, the like ending for me wasn't really what I wanted. Uh, but for the, like, I was completely engaged by the story for, yeah, 95% of it. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Really good. And directed well. I think... 
<laughs> amazingly directed the the entire game there is a moment where like i won't go into specifics but where like uh joel and ellie are having a moment they visit like a museum and it's a pretty decently long sequence i think it's like one of the best character moments in the entire game like it is so good there's not much um gameplay per se but you're definitely moving around exploring and that sort of thing but there's no like combat or anything it's just these two characters interacting with each other i think it's it's brilliant like you find out so much about these two people during that moment they reach the uh i I think they directly reference it but uh i I think it's as good as the giraffe moment in the first game that the one you're talking about um yeah i I like the ending obviously i will not go into any details we will discuss it at length uh we're definitely going to discuss it at length uh because i think we're gonna get nate on and that man has thoughts that dude has some fucking thoughts so uh yeah i think that's going to be a very interesting podcast um when we talk about the narrative of this game um i'm very excited to do it uh but yeah it's gonna does he not to like wait. the game huh does he not like the game uh i don't want to i don't want to speak for nate but um yeah there's uh there's a lot there's a lot to unpack in this in, in the narrative of this game so back to the fucking gameplay which we can talk about without yeah. any yeah, i'm talking worries. about the, the gameplay the movement um uh. i want to talk about i put the fucking aim assist on there's an aim like the, the last of us 2 has the fucking most impressive fucking accessibility options accessibility. i've ever seen in a fucking game in my entire life the it's nuts it's insane like what they're talking about is apparently like you could uh, a blind person a vision like full vision impairment could play this game and they would not have any issues i think i think that entire like the final parts of the of the accessibility suite are coming in in a Mm. patch uh right just before day one so i don't think okay i don't think uh a blind person could play and finish the version that we played <laughs> but i think yeah. once it's out they'll be able to they would be able to do that um like the one that i'm looking at there's lots there's oh, yeah. a staggering amount like this is the benchmark i feel like for triple a games that want to we're not just talking about accessibility in terms of uh you know like you're saying people with vision impairments but People that don't play a lot of video games and or, or can't do certain things with video games, like rapidly pressing buttons quickly, uh, aim assist, the strength of the aim assist, um, changes to the AI, things where AI will react certain differently to you depending on what settings you've you've plugged in there. Uh, things like taking someone hostage, will they ever try and struggle away? You can s- switch that on. There's like so many difficulty options it's not just like easy medium hard like that is there yeah but then you can go in and fine tune it yeah and be like oh well i want it because i did something similar as you i i tried putting aim assist on Hmm. uh but i i switched off i was like nah i just like it's not for me and i don't think there's anything wrong with that like when i play a pc game i the first thing i do is i go on the settings and i look at all my controller settings what sensitivity do i want and everyone's gonna be different right yeah for you, maybe you, you struggled with aiming in the game, but for me, I was able to change my sensitivity and get it to a point where it felt good. Other, someone else, they maybe want to, um, you know, tweak the way the enemies behave or 
change the way that the stealth works in the game and you can go in there and do all that stuff like i yeah i think it's really impressive what they've done yeah i uh yeah my my problem is i don't I've got no fucking proof. I've got absolutely no proof of this, but I do not think Naughty Dog are capable of making a fucking good shooting model. I do not. I just don't think they can do it. I just I haven't played a fucking Naughty Dog game where the shooting has felt good, uh, and The Last of Us Two is no fucking exception to this rule. I can't tell if it's like psychosomatic at this point. If it's just me in my head thinking all <laughs> Naughty Dog games feel like shit to shoot, or if hmm. and, and you know playing at the start of the game while you've got no. Uh, because over the cr- progress of the game, you upgrade your guns and you uh, you upgrade uh, your character to be able to do certain things, you know, hold their breath yeah. or the, reduce the sway on fucking guns and stuff. And maybe just at the start, it just feels like shit. But I was like, the shooting feels like shit and it feels like a pretty fucking significant portion of this game. So I'm just going to chuck aim assist on. I'm like, I'm, I'm tired of fucking, like... I played through all the fucking Uncharted 3 with that garbage fucking aim assist and, like, you know, one of the worst shooting models in AAA video games. Uh, I don't really want to fucking deal with this again. And so, yeah, I turned it on and I didn't really feel bad about it. Um, it just, it was, yeah, I like I said, I've got no fucking idea if it is a case of, um, you know, my own fucking biases against Naughty Dog shooting models, but... Yeah, it doesn't feel good in its natural form, and I couldn't see any way to. I what I think like it feels like it's control lag or something. Uh, I've I've never been able to like one hundred percent put my fucking finger on what it is. Like, there's something wrong there. Uh, I know that for a while, you know, you there were dead zones at the corner, so you had a square. Uh, like, you could only aim in squares in Naughty Dog games, but I'm pretty sure they fixed that with Uncharted 4. Um, mm-hmm. So that wasn't the problem, but there's definitely, like, a fucking lag uh, when I when I aim at stuff. Or aim acceleration. I think there's aim acceleration making up for control lag or something like that. There's something wrong there, and it drives me fucking bananas, and aim assist was able to solve that issue for me. And... Yeah, I didn't really feel bad about doing it. Um, I didn't feel like I needed any other assists. Uh, it felt like it felt yeah. super responsive to move and to like do everything else in the game. Uh, it was literally just aiming, and yeah, like I think the one of the, my other big issues with the first game is that I thought the stealth was shitastic, um, and for a game that is basically revolves around stealth primarily stealth. Uh, yeah. i think that's a i mean you can play it as an action game yeah if you want to. there's no you, yeah there's no problem with that um <laughs> but the stealth in this one's way better significantly better I, I said this last week in between stammering about fucking trying to work out what i'm allowed to talk about but um yeah like the stealth in this one is significantly improved uh to the point where you know yeah you've got like um i believe i think uh, your companions are still invisible, but it's not that big a deal. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, well, like, most of the time, they were way behind me while I was fucking rolling up on the next cunt to fucking stab him in the throat and shit. Um, mm. Yeah, like, it, did, it didn't really impact it. Meanwhile, like, this, because of the way stealth worked in the first one, it felt 
like you were you spent a lot of time actually there were a couple of there were a couple of times when the companions were fucking annoying but uh yeah like in this one you spend a lot of time sort of moving forward uh it feels like uh it feels like they they've spaced it out a little bit more whereas in the first one it was a lot more claustrophobic in the way that it uh, put enemies it placed enemies and so you needed to be basically on top of one another uh, when you were taking yeah. out the next person um, there are a couple of scenarios situations where I'm trying to fucking hide behind I was trying to find hide behind a desk or something and fucking don't know if I can say a name um, someone is <laughs> someone has decided to hide behind that same desk at exactly the same moment I'm like motherfucker this is not the time unless you're gonna go stab that cunt yourself i recommend you move but no couldn't move uh there was right like i was i I don't know if i could say her name but i'm just i just like in my mind while i was playing i called her jub jub because of in that fucking when uh when selma in the simpsons marries troy mcclure and she gets the lizard she's like he's everywhere you want to be that's that's job 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 jobs everywhere you want to be right uh and yeah that was basically like in a couple of couple of early moments that that was happening oh, and i was like fucking they've made the same mistake again and then disappears it mm. never like it doesn't happen again and i think it's because they widened out the like they broadened the fucking um scenarios where you the wind areas. up needing yeah <clears throat> stealth and they yeah and i think really um well. what they ended up doing was uh the ai there's definitely points where the ai is like out in the open and you're like oh like if this was actually real then that person would be spotted yeah but the ai actually tries to get out of the way a lot like it'll loop back around and try and make sure that it can't be seen so there's only a, a very small handful of occasions where i where i actually saw a point where i felt like that character could have been noticed but for the most part it does a good job of maneuvering around and then like the interactions between your character and your whoever your companion is works so well like sometimes you'll take down uh, a, a clicker and you'll see on the off screen them taking someone down yeah um or like you'll you'll be in the middle of a fight and then that companion will come over and like stab them in the back or something like that and you'll shoot someone just like the interactions between the yeah. multiple times i was like i'd shoot someone and i'd like i don't know i wouldn't get the headshot and i'd be like fuck but they would drop because they had a fucking arrow in, in the head and i'm like fuck yeah that is perfect thank you very much <laughs> carrying your yeah. weight uh yeah and yeah, like it was it was often situations where like stealth would have been broken if they hadn't been taken down. And if like the, so they feel hyper capable and they feel like they're actually working yeah. in like the same way. It's not just that I just like you know, bring it when shit hits the fan. They're actually capable during yeah. those stealth moments as well, which uh yeah, makes them feel very like very capable companions and like a welcome addition as opposed to something of a burden uh which i felt like which was weird because ellie in the first game was invisible so she shouldn't have been a burden and yet i felt like so much of that game had that escort quest vibe to it yeah like babysitting yeah exactly that's not how it feels in the last of us too they're they're extremely yeah uh capable and, and they're there to help 
a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, it almost, like, you almost feel, uh, like, loss when you you go out on your own and you're like, oh, i got to do this bit by myself. On the other yeah, hand, by myself. on the other hand, there are there are some scenarios that you really like some some shit you can only get away with if you're on your own i think uh i was doing this one part where i was sneaking through like some suburbs and uh and i was like in a house and i basically every time they would go to the top of this set of stairs like the ai is good but it's not flawless it's not the best ai in a video game i've ever seen yeah. the amount of times so yeah i killed this one dude at the top of this set of stairs and then repeatedly they'd like oh a dead body and they'd walk up to the top of the stairs and i'd stab in the throat top of the stairs and then someone else would see that dead body and they're like oh a dead body and like another fucking stab in the throat <laughs> yeah, yeah. baby and so i wound up with like seven fucking bodies at the top of this fucking set of stairs I'm like, whew, mm. this one, this is probably not how this sh- should have gone down. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing that, like, you see that in a lot of stealth games, and they do, like, that does happen, yep. but they do a pretty good job of uh, trying to work around that as an issue yep. with things like um, enemy interactions with each other. Like, all the characters have names. They talk to each other. Yeah. Um, like, if if you're trying to do something and two characters are talking to each other and you take out one of them and the other person doesn't hear a response back, they'll get suspicious and then tell somebody else they're going to go look out. Yeah. And then like they'll both start coming and, and flanking and like yeah. the way they communicate and um, like uh, even just that specific set of enemies, like the other ones we talked about with the the whistling they communicate via whistling and it's such a good like it's so freaky when you when that's because ha- you don't know what they're saying yeah and you don't know what's going on yeah. um and yeah that's that like the way they behave with each other is really cool and on top of that if another awesome thing about it is you can restart an encounter it saves checkpoints and it also saves encounters mm. and so if you're um if you're i don't know 20 minutes into an encounter and um, you're just like, I want to start it again. You can start it again. Or you can restart the checkpoint and maybe it'll put you back, you know, two people that you yeah. last killed, which is so smart. Um, but if you restart that checkpoint, I found that not necessarily the AI is on the same path or where they're yeah. going. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to set myself up over here and uh, I'll get them when they come through this way. And I was like, where are they? They're not, they're not here. And they're like going down a different path or exploring somewhere else so it's not like you can brute force your way uh, you know it's not like the XCOM thing where you can restart yeah. and scum save and be like I'm gonna go back and do this you're like nah they've thought about that for the most part I don't know if you uh, was it you who was talking about uh, there being fucking different zombies on the checkpoint restart or was that Nate was talking about that probably Nate yeah, yeah I didn't notice this um where yeah, where there was a clicker, suddenly there's uh, a shambler or something like that, and yeah, it, it dramatically changes how you like approach the situation because they're you know well you can't fucking stealth kill a shambler, so uh, mm. yeah, it, it's a 
it can be a, a huge change as well it's not just a different path it could be a completely different enemy and stuff like that which is a pretty big deal um which is pretty cool like it's a it's a really smart way to go about it i didn't like that you couldn't stealth kill shamblers or maybe i just didn't like that i had to fucking find out on my own uh yeah like yeah it doesn't tell you no it doesn't and it was very there's a couple annoying. of occasions where it introduces a new zombie type yeah or, or one that you haven't seen during that specific game and it doesn't really tell you what you're supposed to do yeah yeah and yeah just the idea that you can't stealth kill them is extremely annoying because they are they're just resource intensive i guess they're just annoying enemies i found um you know they're not marauder bad but yeah they're just sort of the only way to deal with that it feels like you've got a number of options to deal with clickers and there's only one way to deal with a lot of the new zombies and they just bug the fuck out of me um but yeah yeah Yeah. anyway um one other thing is the uh i really like the the combat like they've really taken that melee system from um the uncharted games where you you're interacting with like the environments and things like that like uh you know they'll slam their head up against the wall or or use the uh, objects around you to sort of deal with them but also it's very stylistically done in terms of the camera movements and and that sort of thing and then the dismemberment (laughs) could be one of the goriest games since maybe like a soldier of fortune like you are taking people's legs off and things like that (laughs) it is brutal those trip mines are disgusting uh like just heinous uh people explode into fucking chunks and Mm. sometimes if they're not like like there are a couple of situations where you can like put one down like you can fucking restart a scenario and then quickly go put down two fucking trip mines and just fuck i just like fire in the air and they just fucking beeline for you (laughs) and every kind of fuck explodes and the people who are on top of the mine they're gone like they are pink mist right there's there's a little bit of hamburger about but the ones who Mm. were a couple of steps behind them half of them are still there and you're like yeah jesus christ game fucking hell like that is rough that is fucking rough um yeah i actually think what they're trying to do like i my person fuck stupid fucking nda i think it's a commentary on on video game violence i think the whole thing is a commentary on video game violence uh what they're trying Mm -hmm. to do is is get players to like directly reflect on the nature of video game violence and our relationship with violence in video games and i can't explain why so i'm stoked but uh just remember when you're listening to this uh i suppose at this point fucking eight o'clock because you know you listen the moment the moment the gap comes out you're like fucking bang let's listen to what i got to say (laughs) um at eight eight o'clock on friday three hours after the embargo lifted um yeah job said it first um no i like i think what they're trying to do is is this directly because that i think that's why they've got that's why they're yelling out the names they're trying to like remind you that these are fucking people right like the, hmm. 
I mean, in the fucking Westworld sense or the fucking, you know, uh, Futurama Fry going to the warehouses inhabited by boxes planet, whatever. Like, they're not people. But, like, from the perspective, if if The Last of Us is a role-playing game and I think uh, seeing how you play the perspective of a specific character and you don't make decisions you do what they have decided they will do um mm. if so if if the last of us is a role playing game uh then the role of that player uh they're trying to give you the perspective of someone who actually inhabits that world and yeah i think they're trying to fucking they're trying to get players to reflect on the violence i, I think you know i think they'll do it i think they'll succeed it's very, it's Metal Gear Solid 2. Like, The Last of Us is Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. They, they're trying to get you to reflect on the nature of your actions in a video game without getting you to take um, too broad a, sure. uh, uh, like to, you don't get to take too broad a fucking uh, grip on the reins of that video game mm. you're still playing ultimately a one-way journey uh but yeah they're trying to get you to yeah reflect on the nature of it and uh i think they do a fucking good job it is ah oh, like when you fucking when the shit hits the fan and you fucking shoot someone uh and they fall to the ground screaming you're like ah oh, all right like let's go easy yeah and you're like is that person dead yet and i oh, know yeah their legs missing there yeah. They're definitely in trouble. Like, my wife walks past. She's like, what is going on? Uh, and I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, I just, you know, I shot them. Um, she's like, oh, okay. Are they okay? I'm like, well, not anymore. That's why they're screaming. Yeah. Um, or, like, the player character will get shot, and rather than them taking damage, they'll be knocked to the ground, and then all of a sudden you've got to deal with, do I get up? Or do I shoot from the ground? Mm. Or, like, what do I do now? Like, it feels like it's got impact. Or, you know, you get an arrow through you and you got a fucking painstaking pull, out, and pull yeah. that thing out, uh, which I don't think you're supposed to do, but whatever. Um, mm. Yeah, like, it's it goes in. Uh, it is graphic. Um, yeah. and they, I think they do a really good job of, uh, you know, another thing that I think they do is, is that really tight, uh, third person camera angle, as opposed to the, uh, you know, the uncharted style drawn back camera. This one's closer to the mm. character. And I think in some situations it has drawbacks, uh, specifically in terms of gameplay, but for, for making you like wear the consequences of your actions, the blood on the lens or the blood on uh, the player character's face and stuff like that, you know, like that fucking, it it works really well. Yeah. Like it doesn't do the set piece moments <clears throat> like as large scale as mm. the Uncharted series. Because no. um, it's not like a Hollywood style type film. Yeah. That, like that, that, that game has... Uh, what is it like you're in a boat and the whole boat is moving and it's sinking and like that sort of thing yeah. <clears throat> whereas this is those set piece moments are you in control of the character you 
getting caught while trying to stealth through a section and then the car the, the camera following you through that jumping over cars squeezing through doorways and then trying to solve that there's, there's definitely a couple of set piece moments like you being in a car yeah. or on horseback stuff like that um but they're not they they try and make it pretty i don't know like uh personal in terms of where the camera is situated and yeah. it's not like a giant explosive film no um yeah so yeah anyway uh um, yeah if you've got a playstation 4 i think it's a must buy uh all right and just in terms of the playstation 4 i think because i've had this discussion in terms of frame rate and things like that sure. um i think it works well as a as a 30 frames per second game yeah because it's not it's not um it's not fast pace i'd say like it's not overly fast pace it's not like a a uh, god of war or something like that so i think it works as 30 frames like it's slower yeah um so like if you're thinking about waiting for the playstation 5 hmm. just so you can run it at 60 it's obviously going to help yeah um but i think it it's there's no issues here playing it on a playstation 4 hmm. yeah absolutely um yeah uh what was i saying oh yeah if you are yeah if you own a playstation 4 i i think you have to like it's a 100 percent get um even if you didn't like the first game all that much, uh, as long as you understand the, the you know, you've, I think you have to have finished the first game. <laughs> um, I think that is necessary, in my opinion, because uh, hmm. I think it provides a significant amount of context. I don't think I, I don't think you'd be lost. I think you like it. It, it still establishes characters well. Uh, and I think it could stand alone, but yeah. so much there's so much context from the first game that I think is required um, yeah. for the, this game to have the impact that it does. Um, I mean, it's part two. Right? Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty upfront. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a it's a must play game it's probably the it was absolutely the best looking console game of this generation uh and yeah it it's 100 percent worth the money from a fucking uh playtime perspective good lord uh, oh yeah it's it's i think maybe a little bit too long maybe um maybe just in terms of only because i feel like the first um I don't know, like 20 hours or so. Just there's stuff, there's a little section towards the end where I felt like it was a little bit too long. Like, I don't know if we needed it. Because mm. um, I think for the most part, that entire story, it needs to be there. Yep. But there's a tiny bit towards the end where I'm like, I feel like this is a little bit too long. Like, I don't know if I need this part in here. Mm. Um, and we, we can obviously talk about that later. But yeah, for... for for what it tries to do in its terms of the story, I think it's a really good length. Like it's, uh, I think for me, probably around the same point as you, 28, 26 hours, somewhere around there. Yep. Um, and so you're getting what you, yeah, yeah. you're going to get what you paid for. I think I batted, I bashed it out in like three and a half days or three days. Yeah. Something like that. That's got like new game so, plus and all that kind of shit. Uh, it could yeah. probably be longer if I hadn't been fucking accidentally going, 
beyond the point of no return when solving some fucking safe <laughs> puzzles and shit um yeah like there's there's a lot to it uh there's is there is there multiplayer coming no there's no multiplayer no player, none at all i can't no, i can't remember no. if they ruled it out 100 percent or not um because the first game sure they right? said there wasn't uh, i think so um but yeah uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, it's it is a killer game. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to talk about it. I think I reckon we do a spoiler cast next week. I don't like we don't yeah, have as to, soon as we can. We don't have to put it up immediately. Yeah, just so it's fresh. But yeah, because I, I think that was our that's been our mistake a couple of times. Is oh we'll, we'll do the spoiler cast and then put it up. But if we yeah. record it earlier we'll actually be able to fucking remember some shit which is probably because this thing. game's not out for another like 10 days or something no yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh, they were very confident in their um in their review embargo for this I, I guess they've done it quite a lot like with Spider-Man was very lenient as well um with uh and fucking Detroit Detroit and that fucking shithole Hideo Kojima game that I hate Death Stranding <laughs> Death Stranding <laughs> Uh, by the time that game came out, I'd f- like I'd wiped it from my memory. I'd like <laughs> eternal sunshine you, you myself. Everywhere. Like fucking, I was done. Um, yeah, yeah. So is it is it your game of the year so far? Then, yeah, I think it is. Because you've you've hated every other game. You realize this, right? Uh, every other game has been bad. Um, I was I was coming into this podcast expecting another video game that has somehow slept with Job's wife and he's very <laughs> angry about it. Uh, first of all, okay, I don't think, I don't think uh, I should be um, accosted for correctly pointing out that every game that's come out this year has been kind of shit. Um, except for The Last of Us 2. Um, that said, I wouldn't turn it. I don't. Th- I can't explain I why, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't tenant. No, because I think it does a good job of um, not a good job. That's a bad word. An excellent job of of uh, taking something like a, a a genre we know and sort of doing it exceptionally well. Like it's an exceptionally well made video game. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it's elevating. If, if it's pushing a boundary anywhere. Yeah. I uh, I just think there are some um, significant flaws with the narrative uh, that yeah, I can't well, fucking explain. But um, not yet. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't turn it, but uh, I do think it is it'd, it'd the be best game close. of 2020 so far. Uh, personally, yeah. I expect Cyberpunk will wipe the floor with it, but. Uh, uh, if it doesn't, I will still have played a very good game in The Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? All right. Best game you played this yeah, year it's, or what? Yeah, it's... <clears throat> uh, we'll have to get to that. We'll see. <laughs> it's it's definitely up there. Uh, I'll probably have to revisit it at the end of the year. Right. But so far Let's this year... Right. I, I had a lot of fun with Half-Life, so... No, but you're a clown, so fuck it. They're very close. Very close. Um, it's no bone works. 
is all I'm saying. It's definitely not Boneworks. I think I saw this story, the exact story in Boneworks <laughs> at some stage. My interpretation of it. Anyway, um, that is our... When is this game out? Is it next, next week? Friday. Next Friday. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's... When is that? Is that a Sunday, Saturday for us here? Um, all right. That's a weird day. Anyway, we might... Um, we might see if we can get a um, spoiler cast of some sort going for this, and then we'll pump that out. Yep. See what people think. Cool. All right. Should we do some news? Let's do it. Uh, the Sony PlayStation 5 presentation event is on tomorrow now. So it was delayed. Yep. It's now tomorrow. Um, are we going to do a thing for it, or are you busy? I honestly don't know. I am supposed to be uh, heading to the Shire uh, for uh, some fishing, but uh, right. <laughs> we are less than 24 hours away now, and uh, it hasn't been confirmed, so I don't fucking know oh. anymore. Um, uh, hopefully, I'll go fishing, but otherwise... You can do some... I'll get up at 6 o'clock. Red and, Dead Redemption fishing. And, yeah, we'll talk through the PlayStation... Thing instead um but yeah. yeah i'm excited uh i can't wait to see what we get to see um yeah i think any predictions cool. or things you'd like to see no the console maybe i'd love to see the console that'd be cool uh-huh. <laughs> but uh yeah i'm not you know is it do you think it's a given that we're going to get uh if, i was going to say event horizon because you just said that um <laughs> horizon zero dawn sequel oh yeah um I feel like they need to show two, like two big ones. Two big and games. I think the two are the Horizon and Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Would, would be the two. Like a Spider-Man 2? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and just not give Microsoft any like leeway for their... Because Microsoft's going to show Halo, right? Yeah. That's a given. But I don't think they've got much else because their studios that they've just bought are going to be working Still on those working games on stuff, they yeah. they could do a teaser trailer or show a logo but i don't think they can show actual gameplay uh, whereas if i think sony comes out and shows two well-known ips uh and just is like fuck you like here's what we've got coming next year um or, or even this year mm. could be could be huge for them yeah yeah that's a good point um so you reckon Horizon and Spider-Man? Yeah, I think that's pretty. It's a pretty good guess. Uh, I'd love another Horizon. How fucking good would that be? That'd be cool. Mm. I should go back and reuse. I, I don't think I ever played the. There was like a Frozen Wastes type fucking expansion, right? DLC for that. Yeah. I don't think I ever played it. Yeah. Maybe I should go check. I don't out. remember. I don't think I did either. Mm. Yep. Cool. Um. So that's tomorrow, and uh, next up we've got a Bungie announced a bunch of sequ- oh, sorry expansions for um, Destiny Two, mm. um, and in doing so, have also said they're not working on a sequel at the moment. And it's 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 three two years, um, two years of expansions, so three more pieces of content, and they're saying that th- the stuff that you have bought for Destiny Two will be carried over the next generation of consoles. Um, it'll be free. Mm. And uh, anything you've bought is also coming across as well. Um, 
seems like a big announcement from them they uh they seem all in on this destiny 2 um it sounds like the i guess the idea behind destiny was originally like a a game that you would buy and then they would update it over an immense amount of years it was never supposed to be a destiny 2 and um it seems like activision were the ones that were very pushy on having that come to fruition and so um they do, it sounds like they don't want a destiny 3 at the moment they just want to keep doing yeah. destiny contact which is good i guess um i don't know if that'll get me to go back and check it out when this new stuff drops because we got th- another you know at least two more years of destiny stuff i'm not that keen into it but at least they're supporting that game they're not just churning out um you know another sequel yeah have you looked into any of this at all being a massive destiny fan as you are i get tempted i do get tempted because i always get tempted by games i stop playing out of for rage reasons but uh no i haven't looked into it at all uh i just you know i think people who love destiny love destiny and i think that's cool for them but it's just it's not Mm. for me uh i just i think it's it's just not monetized in a way that i or not fucking it doesn't drip feed content in a way that I find personally enjoyable and I just can't fucking do it. Um, I do, I, you know, I'll, it's not, it doesn't ruin the fun I had in the first game, but yeah, nothing I've seen from destiny two makes me think that they've fixed the, the problems I have with yeah. the way the game plays. So there's no reason for me to go back. Hmm. yeah oh all right it's cool that they keep um, that they're supporting it as as much as they are and i think yeah that's a really good sign uh because, yeah yeah for sure yeah it was always I, I think i i felt personally justified in abandoning destiny when uh they did destiny 2 the way they did um but uh yeah that said having abandoned it i'd you know, didn't want people to get fucked on like they did. Uh, it sucks. So uh, it's yeah. cool that they will continue to, to be able to get their games the way they want, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure thing. Cool. Uh, next up, we got Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX. I don't know what that means, but you can tell us. Uh, this was announced, uh, I guess, IGN's Summer of Gaming kicked off today. Um, oh, okay. And uh, one of the... One of the games uh, announced or revealed was Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX, and I guess DX just means fucking definitive edition or something. I fucking know. Uh, I don't know why uh, it's called DX, but whatever it is, it's uh, it looks like a graphically uh, enhanced version, basically a remastered version of uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, which uh, holds a very special place in my heart and uh yeah you can play in retro mode there's some sort of fucking boss rush mode which i don't really understand um i don't really get how you'd have fucking boss rush uh like because it was fucking janking like papers is rock like yeah anyway whatever um yeah well i wonder if they'll make it so that the bosses are no longer the same because that'd suck uh, I don't think that's a good idea, to be honest. Anyway, 
Um, Alex Kidd in Miracle World is a phenomenal game. So, uh, yeah, everyone should be excited for this, in my opinion. Um, nice. Yeah. You can watch the trailer. They didn't use the Alex Kidd music, which was annoying. Uh, they got some new music, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It's cool. These two are yours next, I think, still. Oh, no, one of them is mine. Uh, I don't know. What's this next one? The Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality uh, on itch, itch.io, itch.io. Uh, Krusty Raven pointed this out on our Discord. Uh, you can go check out the... Uh, yeah, it's it's at this point, it's 1,500-plus games for $5, yeah. and the proceeds go to uh to what's it exactly called proceeds go to the NAACP legal defense and educational fund and community bail fund in a 50-50 split and uh the games you get you get 1500 games uh you know it's itch.io so some of them are um you know garbage but uh, a lot of them are really fucking good. And there's some crackers in here, like in the list. There's like Quadrilateral, quadrilateral Cowboy, uh, Super Hexagon, Night in the Woods, Celeste, Overlands, fucking tons more. Uh, and yeah, it's five bucks. They're nearly all of the way. They're 88% of the way. They're $5 million goal. Uh, it's it's fucking rad. Like it's, a, and it's five bucks. So if you got five bucks, or I guess it'd be, I think it's... Seven dollars ninety or something Australian because our dollars shit. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, do it, do it. You might as well. So you have to play uh, this on um, on the actual itch.io website, or does it link into your Steam? Like, how does it work? Uh, you, you can get executables for a lot of the games, uh, but otherwise, uh, a lot of the, you know, uh, as many of the games, uh, you just play directly on your fucking. Uh, browser it doesn't link there are no steam codes for anything in the bundle as far as i'm aware uh but yeah basically mm-hmm. you just download uh the game executable and play it um so once you've bought it you sort of you can't add it all to your library uh which is a bit annoying but also it's 1500 games it'll probably just fucking potato people like the the database sites and stuff so it's probably for a reason yeah um yeah cool it's totally worth it check it out yep uh next up there's an update for warzone tonight uh in a couple hours Mm. um season four is coming and it will be 50 gigabytes yes there's a 50 gigabyte update uh i swear to god they said they were doing something to make the fucking update smaller but i don't know what that was they said this is going to be an update that'll make it smaller but then said that it'll be five gigabytes more than what it was Whoa. i just don't maths I, is I, going I, weird I, I do not understand like i don't understand how they how this functions it's so odd uh but yeah it doesn't matter i still love the game i don't know what this season's bringing but uh i haven't seen patch notes or anything but I'm excited, nonetheless. Yeah, to play some more wars. They haven't released any, right? But uh, I haven't played in a while. Um, I'm keen, keen to jump in now that The Last of Us is out, out of my hair. Um, 
Yeah, we should jump in, definitely. Try those shields, eh? How do they go? Right? Shields will be even more powerful because they'll have nerfed some other What if they've taken sure. them out? Then good. I said they should the fucking day after the game came out. I will be correct. I will be proven right, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no avenue of attack that you've got on this issue. I am right from all fronts. I'm right that they're overpowered and that they should be removed. And I'm right that they're overpowered and we should just use them until they remove them. But you refuse to see reason because you are ridiculous. Mm. Mm. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. And that's it. That's that is the news. Have we got any questions this week? No. Oh, uh, that's fine. That's fine. It's lunchtime, I guess. It is lunchtime. Um, that's the show. You can find us on iTunes, Android Windows Store, under The Gap, The GA Podcast, or The Gap Podcast. Uh, please rate and review the show if you have a moment. helps other people find it. Uh, thank you if you do have time to do that. If you'd like to send us any questions, you can email us, thegapodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our Discord page, thegapodcast.com slash Discord. You can jump in there and... Uh, uh, I don't know. What are the people talking about this week? I've I seen you guys talking about stuff that the last like yeah three or four days i've not seen what is going on in that you've been in that channel at all you've been down a last of us rabbit hole jung was put up a video of him playing fucking valorant and i don't know why he put it up like i think he embedded it in in fucking the discord itself because he's fucking odd oh but he if you go on now he's got vanguard on discord or something (laughs) forever yeah, because I was his his pictures. I was shit talking uh, shotguns in Valorant, but I was just shit talking all okay. of Valorant. It was I was a shotgun, and the buck that I was shooting <laughs> was just shit at Valorant in general. Right, um, but they, was he listening and you were shit talking, or did you talk to him outside of the podcast about it directly? Um, I well, I was playing with him. I was shit talking oh, Valorant okay. and playing Valorant and shit talking at the same time. But yeah. Anyway, there's enough. there's a good uh Killer Instinct Doco link by Racing. There's a fucking Dwarf Fortress Toco coming from Noclip as well that I'm very excited to watch. I'll drop oh, a link cool. for it. But yeah. Yeah, check that out. Um I might chuck some of those screenshots that I took of The Last of Us in there once we're allowed to. Yes. Uh, so people can have a look. Nice. They uh they're not very I don't think they're spoilery. Just environmental stuff. Yep. Um, you can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash GA podcast, twitter.com slash GA podcast. You can go to our website. No, you can go to our YouTube, the GA podcast.com slash YouTube. You can watch uh, this show, which was very late this week because it hasn't worked. I can't, it won't render properly, but I'll figure that out. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, it is there if you want to go watch that. You can also go to our website, the GA podcast.com got links to all the things we talked about today on the show including past episodes if you want to go check them out you can and that is all thanks to our patreon members if you want to help support this show you can go to patreon.com slash ga podcast and uh become a member where we'll get the podcast out to you a day early except for this week because we're doing this yep. yep um so thank you to thank everyone you so that does that greatly appreciate it mm. and Anything you'd like to talk about that you got going up this week? Any work? Uh, well, head to the gapodcast.com 
uh, after this, uh, I'm going to have a review up of The Last of Us 2 because I've been writing down my thoughts. Cool. And I have... I don't know how this is going to go, Luke. I have no idea how this is going to go, but I have devised an extremely cheeky way to get around the uh, the crazy embargo situation. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Have you lawyered up? No, no, I haven't. I don't, I don't think I... I'm just going to fucking ask for forgiveness uh then instead of asking for permission no um what i'm going to do is i'm going to take all of the text Mm -hmm. that would be about the narrative and i'm going to replace it with block black squares yeah uh on mass and so the review is going to go up and then when i'm allowed to talk about all that shit i'm going to replace it with the text that would have been I think it's going to be okay. pretty interesting. It's going to be my little uh, dumb protest against how restrictive this uh, these uh, restrictions are. How uh, this this embargo is. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, cool. All right. Um, you can find me twitter.com slash luke laurie l a w r i e. Job's on Twitter as well. I am. Uh, Joby Jojo. Yeah, I might put up. I don't know. I'll either put up. I'll see how I go. Uh, I'll either put up a short video of GTFO on Twitter or I might put up a longer video on the GA podcast YouTube. Uh, it depends on, I got to watch, Was we had like a 40 minute session. I'll, I'll watch it back. There's large, large periods of nothing much going on in GTFO while you're setting up for the periods of high octane action. And uh, so I, I don't want to put up a single 40-minute video because that'll be kind of dull. But, uh, yeah, I might put up a shortened video instead. Cool. Yep. Nice. All right. Um, that's it. That's it. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about the, uh, hopefully, the PlayStation 5. Hopefully. And um, if we do record something for it, tomorrow then we'll figure out a way to to get it out to people in case they want to um i don't know tee it up at the same time and they can listen both but we'll see we're not sure yet but hopefully that can happen otherwise see you all next week bye